Welcome to Center of Attention, the podcast. My name is Seth Everett. Normally, we do this show with either a former NBA player, Tom Thomas, or a host of other great broadcasters, including David Moulton from Fox Sports Florida, Jay Mariotti, longtime columnist and broadcaster, and many, many more. This podcast comes from a Twitch show. We do the show Monday through Friday live, 1 to 3 p.m. Eastern Time. We'll take the episodes that we do online and turn them into this podcast. You can download this podcast at Apple, Spotify, or wherever you can find podcasts, but you can see the show live and on archive by going to the Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash Seth Everett. And if you're an Amazon Prime subscriber, you can subscribe to the channel for free. That's right. Just link your Amazon Prime and a Twitch account, and suddenly you can subscribe to one channel and not pay a penny for it. You subscribe for free, and we get the subscription. Go to www.twitch.tv slash Seth Everett for more information. Now enjoy this episode of Center of Attention. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Center of Attention. That is one, two, three, four. Four shows this week. Not bad. We did it. And our man's back. Atan Thomas is here. I have not spoken to you since Monday, even though I speak to you every day. Um, right. So it doesn't feel like I miss you. Uh, right. But I, we, we've <laughs> missed you. The audience has missed you. Uh, how you been? I've been good. You know, there's been a lot going on. Uh, I mean, we have so much that we have to cover. I mean, there's <laughs> just in the sports world, it's, it's, it's amazing. Like, I don't. I don't know how we're gonna have time to do it all. We have, we have to figure it out because there's so in every sport, in every sport, every sport, there's a lot to talk about. Every sport and every sport, there are there's like a COVID angle, but then there's a sports angle too. It's, mm-hmm. it's fascinating. Yep. Um, it, it really is. Uh, the quick update for me: mm-hmm. I cannot believe how lucky my house and my family is from this hurricane. One point oh, yeah. seven million people in New Jersey got it and there are still 350,000 people without power without power yeah and yeah. including my coworker at uh, Sports Illustrated mm-hmm. he hunkered down he's like found a JC he drove around his neighborhood looking for a JCPNL truck that was crazy uh, my wow. sister has a generator so I don't feel so bad um, right. <laughs> <laughs> but that's a pain in the neck you got to fill it with gas and yeah it is I can't imagine bringing gasoline into my house I'm I'm yeah, out by that yeah. Um, and, but we never lost power. My parents were out of power for two and a half days. Wow. It was crazy. And it, it was a this COVID nightmare because, you know, my parents are very high risk and we don't know that we don't have it. And I right. couldn't invite them over here. Right. I felt really right. badly. Right. I felt really yeah. badly. So they're sweating. You know, it's hot and they're in this powerless house doing nothing. And I couldn't help them. And I, it was it was agony. It was really agony. And I weighed, uh, you know, I was like, what if I bring them here? Because we don't have a big house. So there's no social distancing here. <laughs> you know what right, I mean? Like, I yeah. You're close. There's no way. There's no there, there's no way. So anyway, right. um, in the sports world, the bubble sports yeah. continue to thrive. Yes. Uh, baseball yeah. seems to be getting their act together. And the uh, NFL, you want to do the NFL first? We did the NFL. There's a lot the NFL. NFL. Uh, yesterday was the deadline for opting out, mm-hmm. and 65 players opted out. Right. And I asked you off the air, and I'll, I say by this, 
I thought that number was low. Mm-hmm. 65 is more than one whole team. There's 53 on a team. 65 to me is a team in a qu- in a quarter. Right. I thought it would be more. I thought yeah. it would be. And again, I say this about the NFL because they are sure know how to be vocal on Twitter, but mm-hmm. they don't back out. Like a lot of guys who said, "I don't feel comfortable," and "I don't like this," and "I don't like this," they play. They're playing. <laughs> they're still but, but, but still but on also, the field. But also, their contracts are not guaranteed. Like you always have right. to throw that part in, so you, you can't leave that part out at all. Um, and they have an entire. So I've been hearing that they that it, it would affect them long term. Remember when we first started talking about this, and I said my fear with the NFL is the long term effect they would have on players' career if they opted out. Now, not the same with NBA, not the same with the MLB, not the same with hockey, but with the NFL in particular. So the the grumblings that I've heard, the whispers that I've heard from different NFL players is that that was something that teams were holding over their head, that it would affect them long-term if they opted out. Now, nobody's come out and said that publicly, but I have heard- They're not supposed to. Right. I mean, they're not supposed to. Yeah, but when you have non-guaranteed contracts, there's a lot of things that you can do. And that was- If you're more than 35 years old, you've made a lot of money in this sport. Because nobody, you don't play in the NFL. The, the average NFL career is less than two years. Three years, yeah. About yeah. Maybe, yeah, two, two, three. Two years. So, right. so if you are 35 years old, that means you've had a 10-year career. You've made a lot of money. Right, but what people don't understand that talk about the length of an NFL player's career, they have to remember that after they finish, three years after they finish, they have no medical coverage. Oh, I know. Oh, so, no, no, but that is a, that's a oh, huge thing. Because most of their retirement money goes to medical coverage. Um, their, their, so, so, and most of their injuries come up five or six years down the road after they retire. So when, when they're doing their financial planning, everything like that, they're planning on having to have major surgeries with no medical coverage. And that's horrible. That's unbelievable. So, but, they're, they're, but that's what I'm saying. They're in a different position. So it's, hard. it's not just, you know, cut and dry. Well, if you don't like it, opt out. Like their their situation is so different because of the non guaranteed contracts and the terrible no medical coverage. I mean, right now my family I haven't played in a decade. My family is on the NBA medical coverage. That's what Pretty my amazing. family is on. My Pretty entire amazing. family. That's now when your kids turn eighteen, be. they can't be on it. Yeah, after eighteen. Right. Yeah, after eighteen. Right, right. But but all for now, I haven't played in a right. decade. As long as they're dependents, your whole family's yes. taken care of. Yes. Yes. That's how it should be. And did you That's have it? Is that because of a longevity, or does anybody in the NBA get that? I think there's a. I think the cutoff is like three years or four years. If you play like three that. years in the league, you have something health like insurance that. for life. Something like that, right? Right. Then that's what I'm saying. So it's a lot different. So then you know, but but NFL, they after they're covered for the first three years partially, and then there's nothing. Then they're cut off completely, and they brought it up time after time again. Our guys need to be covered. You know, we have the different guys, it's, especially it's, it's the older obnoxious. guys. It's obnoxious. And they don't care. Have, do, have, do you have you watched that, that? Have you watched that show on HBO with The Rock? I can't think of the name. When he was the NFL agent. No, it's a pretty good oh, show. Ballers. 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 Yeah. Right. So in the last season, he was the agent. And he was trying to get medical coverage yeah. um, for the players. Did you? Did you have you seen that? Seen okay. It. Okay. Well, it was it was really really well done. But the way that they showed how the NFL did not care. I thought that was brutally a, 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 a very accurate depiction of real life, of art imitating real life. They did not care. That's fair. That, that, yeah. That's totally fair. Um, 
So you didn't think the number was low? Not considering their situation. No. Okay. Now, if it, now, if it was a different situation, then I would say, yeah. But yeah, but every player is in a different situation. And, I mean, I, I think about the kid, um, this guy that uh, plays for the Jets. Mm-hmm. He's on the practice squad. He doesn't even play for the Jets. I mean, he, he's on the practice squad. He makes no money. Mm-hmm. And he went to Hawaii. He went to the University of Hawaii. And he's Hawaiian. And mm-hmm. he stayed on the island during the quarantine. And he and three entrepreneurs designed an app that helps with contact tracing. Okay. He's like, I'm not leaving. <laughs> he's like, I have more a business. I have a business opportunity that's much better here than I'm not going to New Jersey, going mainland and right. leaving Hawaii. I, I'm not doing it. So that like that situation was interesting. I told you about uh, CJ Mosley and we talked about it yesterday on the show. CJ Mosley makes 16 million dollars this year. He got a 10 right. million dollar signing bonus. Right. He opted out. Right. Like, he has 10 million dollars. Mm-hmm. First of all, 10 million dollars. If you have 10 million dollars, I mean talking like a real person here, if you have 10 right. million dollars, you don't need health insurance. You can buy health insurance and it's not going to cost you 1 million dollars. Yeah. You know, so I'm just saying like the the the, the player that I worry about for the NFL mm-hmm is the average three-year player that beat themselves up. It's not the guy who's 35-plus who has no medical coverage. Because if you play till you're 35 years old, that Mm -hmm. means you start in the NFL. That means you've had a 12-year career. You Mm -hmm. have made multiple million dollars because you Mm -hmm. wouldn't keep doing it if you you weren't. You made Mm -hmm. multiple million dollars, and you're set for life. You're set. Your and, kids are set and, for life. And, but also, also, you're, you're gonna most likely be be difficult to have it, to get any life insurance. You know what I mean? Your life expectancy is like a, a, a decade Understood. or two lower Understood. than everybody else. And then, so, so, but you have to factor all of that in of as course, well. But if because, I'm 35 yes. years old, if I'm 33 years old, means okay. I had a 10 year career. Okay, I'd opt out. Uh, the, the, the playing football is insane. And we, I, mean, I, I have an interview. Yeah. I have an interview coming up. We'll play it in about 20 minutes. I have okay. an interview with a doctor. I talked to a doctor who uh, specializes in uh, athletics and also in infectious disease. And okay. she did a thing for Sports Illustrated. And then afterwards, I go, I have this Twitch show that's all the rave. Do you mind doing 10 minutes? And she was like, all for it. Uh, so great. we taped it, and I'm going to play it. Uh, and, and I asked her about college kids i don't ask her about the nfl because that's all in the oh, sports Illustrated. Whole different issue college is totally different oh my god um but let's stick in with the nfl all right we'll stay with the nfl for now the, the, gonna bring the, on a whole the protocols are in place and <laughs> they have not hit so next week they're supposed to put helmets on but no pads which means no hitting and then two weeks from now there's uh pads and there's no preseason games, and go get them. You start September 10th. That <laughs> thing is terrible, Seth. It, it's, it's terrible. But but let me but let me ask you this because we touched on this Monday. I think we barely touched on it. We we talked about um, when players are now have are having to justify their reasons for opting out. Oh yeah. And 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 the and the fans yeah, and the public's reaction. Yeah yeah. yeah. Um, and this it, it it bothers me. Like it really, so there's this player, um, Tredavious White, and he opted out and he just got lambasted by all of the 
you know, the media, the, the fans were everything like that. So he tweeted this and he said, uh, this is tweeting uh, specifically. He said, crazy that me choosing my family's well-being over a game comes with so-called fans attacking and questioning me and saying I'm selfish. No, you guys are selfish for thinking that football is bigger than life. Oh, by the way, my girl's grandfather passed from COVID. Do you understand now? And so I tweeted to him and I said, you don't owe anyone an explanation, sir. Do what's best for your family. Yeah. And so he he liked it. And, you know, it, and it's just, but it's just that notion that players have to justify their reasons for opting out in the middle of a coronavirus pandemic. And it's that, that you know, you hear people talk about and they use phrases like the, um, the, the jock culture. And this, these are certain phrases that the left use, the jock culture and the, the male, you know what I mean? Um, bravado, like culture. But, but I, like that, yeah. I see it though with this because you want to think that they're supposed to be, you know, put caution to the wind. You know, like what, what's the one guy lot who his pinky was hurt and he said, cut it off, put me back in the game. Like that kind of mentality. Right, 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 right. And I'm like, no, that yeah. is not the mentality to have at all. And in dealing with youth sports, I like have to drill it out of my kid's head from the time they're young. No, if you're hurt, sit down. Sit down. If there's a chance you could be, you know, and, and it's leaking into, you know, things like this where you have somebody who is doing something for his family, doesn't feel safe or whatever, but he's being attacked. And that's just, there's just something wrong with this. It's all kinds of wrong. And it's unfortunate. It really is unfortunate. And just everything is is going forward. And the one aspect of this, and this was a point that was brought out, you know, if Mm -hmm. you look around the NFL, a lot of players, a lot of players, Mm -hmm. I don't have a statistic because they're putting rosters together, but a lot of players are undrafted free agents. Right. The end of the draft happens, and then guys just, you know, and every team signs about eight to ten undrafted free agents, and then you right. go through training cramp, and a couple of them make it, and some of them wind up having really successful NFL careers. And when I say successful, six to eight years in the league. Mm-hmm. Six that's to eight years in the league, you didn't get drafted. That, that's great. Right. Mm-hmm. And what players have been telling me, because, again, we've been talking to players. Now the training camp has happened. I talk to three NFL players a day on Zoom, and it's really weird. Uh, but, <laughs> but we're doing it, and these players are saying, I can't believe being an under, undrafted free agent right now with no preseason games. I, I, have, no, I have no opportunities. Right, zero. And they, the, they're right. Yeah. And, 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 and you're totally right. If you're an undrafted free agent, what can you do? You can't, right. you can't even hit somebody. Yeah, you can't hit somebody because of COVID. And you're in this training camp. I, I don't know how these guys are going to, to, to set forward. And all these players want to do is just hit, hit people. They just they, they want to play. And my whole right. point is the NFL week one is going to be so sloppy because no teams will have been put together. The Jets have four new starters on the offensive line. The offensive mm. line needs to be in sync. They don't right. play anybody. Yeah. They don't play I, – like. I don't know how you do that, and I don't know what it is. The coaches, I learned, have a depth chart, mm-hmm. meaning like you, you rank your coaches, which was never a thing in football. You have your head coach, 
then you have your coordinators, and then your mm-hmm. receiver. But now you have to take all your position coaches and you have to rank them three, mm-hmm. four, five, six, seven, because they have to have a next man up mentality. If your head coach or any coach goes down with COVID, you can't miss a beat. So, like, if you're the wide receivers coach Mm -hmm. and you find out your offensive coordinator has COVID, you became the offensive coordinator this week. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's no good. What? And then when you say, well, that won't happen, Doug Peterson, the head coach of the Super Bowl champion Eagles, they were the Uh Super Bowl champs two years ago, he has it. He has it, and he's on Zoom. And he's on zone. Uh, the NFL, I again, the NFL is all systems go, but good mm-hmm. luck. I know. I don't think it's going to work at all. I don't. I don't. Know I, I don't. I don't see how it does work. Now I have. I have a counter. So Jay Mariotti had a great line, and okay. then David Moulton had a, had a better idea. Okay. Uh, Jay Mariotti's line was because I said I said why couldn't you create if if it's fifteen billion dollars in revenue. Right, because that's what everybody's saying. Fifteen billion dollars is generated through the National Football League okay. um, for players, owners, er- everybody combined. And if that's if that's the case, you have money to burn, right? You mm-hmm. have money. Right. And what if you went to some of the most rural places in America? This was what I proposed to Jay. Okay. Rural places in America, and just make I call them quadrant bubble bubbles. Divide the league by four. And create bubbles. And I'll give you my places. Montana, uh, Idaho, uh, Maine, um, Nebraska. Just five places. And build bubbles. And build isolation bubbles for a quarter of the league. Not the whole league. Because, again, the the volume. I get it. I get it. So so the line from Mariotti, and I, I, I wanted to clip it, is he goes, well, you would need months to set that up. And I go. How funny, didn't what have we been doing for the last five months? <laughs> like, if yeah. you had started that in April, you could have it. Okay, so that's the first one. Then right. David Moulton had a great suggestion uh, yesterday on the show, and I just want to get your thought on it, is let's say the season is interrupted. Okay. So let's say they get eight weeks in, mm-hmm. right? September 13th mm-hmm. is the first NFL Sunday. Eight weeks from that NFL Sunday, they get to go, right? Okay. And but it's too much. It's too much. There's outbreaks all over the place. They can't. They can't keep this up. And okay. they say, you know what? Suspend it. So now the season is suspended, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What if you took the playoff teams and made an isolation bubble and did it just like Orlando, where you put. Instead of 32 teams, is that how many NFL teams there are? Instead of 32, you have 10. Now you're shortening it, and players aren't doing it for great lengths of time. You're doing it for a month and a half to play the playoffs and the Super Bowl. And like the NBA and the NHL, every 10 days you're – you're eliminating half your league because, and, and the bubble gets smaller and smaller and smaller. And that, so in essence, you play an eight game season or a 10 game season, if that makes more sense, play that, then take November and December off. Okay. And in January and February, come back and create your bubble. And then when you get your Super Bowl teams, send them to Tampa, which is where the Super Bowl is supposed to be. 
Uh, I, I like it. I think number one, you know, just just first and foremost, that people should replicate what's been working. Right. So if the bubble system has been working, then everybody needs to try to go towards some type of bubble system that they can replicate to try to make that work. You know, so when you have somebody like the NFL that is, is you know, all set to go forward, but, but they don't have a bubble system and they don't, and the, you know, their protocol is still yet is to be determined. It doesn't, it doesn't leave much room for positivity for, for optimism. No. And it, right. So, 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 and I know we're going to, we're staying on NFL, but I got to make a parallel with, with, with college sports because, you know, you're looking at more and more, a lot's going on with college. You know, you, UConn just said that they're not going to play, you know, even though that I'd, I'd be, I kind of want to see them say that about basketball not just football. I mean, nothing to get, no offense to UConn football program, but. Well, a lot of people honest, are saying that UConn shouldn't have a football program. So, right, so it's I mean, actually going to save them money to not play. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it's, so it's, it's, it's not just a COVID thing. It's, it's. Right, right. But, but and, I mean. And once general, the conferences you know, went all conference, they were an independent. Right. They didn't have any opponents, so they couldn't play yeah. anyway. They couldn't play anyway, right? So, but but looking at the college system of what they have, I mean, that looks like the biggest catastrophe in the making that I have ever seen. I mean, I think that's going to be you know something where we'll see the most cases, like a balloon of cases, um, all across the board once they really start going. And I don't see, I, I, I see it as being inevitable. I know that they've come out with their schedules. I know they're all, you know, you know, all forward and all, you know, everything going, but it's, they don't have any, even the protocol to even come up to something that is logical right now. Do you know what I mean? So I don't even know where for, for college sports, where do you, where do you begin with how terrible their plan looks? I mean, like I don't even know where to start with. All right, let's. Okay, that that's a great transition. Let's 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 yeah. go there because and that also sets up the doctor because I, I asked the doctor specifically about college sports. Um, okay, great. The argument the argument for college and what's happened basically in college just to get everybody up to speed is the conferences came out with these uh, updated truncated random schedules. And uh, let's go orange. They uh, end their season at Notre Dame. Go get them. <laughs> and in uh, Syracuse, and if you want to do a separate segment, maybe Monday on this, Syracuse okay. has one non-conference game, and they're honoring their commitment and playing Liberty. Liberty. We got to get Brent X. I really liked his piece that he wrote on. Right. Uh, let's ask yeah. Brent. Let's ask Brent. Because I mean, Liberty. 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 All people. That's the one. <laughs> Liberty. So anyway, um, in college, they and, and they they to me, and I said this yesterday on the show, and you tell me if you disagree. Okay. I said that I think the college the conferences are just trying to put up a good fight, and that I don't think a lot of these teams really think this is happening. I, I agree with that, and that. They don't have to cancel it today on August seventh, but mm -hmm. they just don't play it. They de they delayed it, so I think the first game is is mid September. Right. So delayed it, and let's just see where things are at. And I think what they're doing is they're saying, "Listen, we're giving it our best go." Yeah, I agree. 
that, that's that's how I looked at the the announcements this week. Um, the college campuses, and again, I, I'm sorry for those of you watching and don't realize. Etan and I went to Syracuse, and that's the only program we really pay attention to. Right. We right. watch yeah. we watch all the things, but I don't I can't listen to Ed Orgeron or or Dabo <laughs> Sweeney or any of right. these gimme M coaches. I like they drive they make my skin crawl. So uh yeah. I just look at Syracuse and I'm not saying Syracuse is doing anything right. I don't like a lot of the things Syracuse is doing. As a matter of Agreed. fact, they're not disclosing how many positive tests they have. Yes. And I that's hate horrible. that. And I, I have said all along, I can, and people have uh, yelled at me about this, and I can say, if I wanted to go on Twitter right now and say, I have good reason to believe that the entire offensive line of the Syracuse Orange football team has COVID-19, they can't right. tell me I'm wrong. Yeah, yeah that's right. You're not, you're not telling me. It, it's, it's wrong. And I wouldn't do that because I'm too responsible. But it's bad. <laughs> it, it, it's, it's, it's really bad. And Very bad. The campuses, so maybe we should play the doctor because the campuses is what's what's going to hurt all this because, mm -hmm. and again, I'm only using Syracuse as the reference, but I lived in the dorms. You lived on South Campus. You, right. you and I lived different lives, okay? Mm -hmm. You met your mm -hmm. wife on, on campus. Right. You met your wife on campus. Yes. I didn't. I met a lot of people on campus. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> And, <laughs> and 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 I lived on Mount Olympus, and I love Mount oh, Olympus. I walked those right. stairs every day, and I loved it. Now I can't get up them, but that's a different story. Right, um, right. But those dorms are co-ed yes. by room. Yes, by room. By room. Yes, not even by floor, by room. My freshman year, I, I mean, I can't even say it. My freshman yeah, year, yeah. I hooked up with three different people on my floor. On your floor. <laughs> it wasn't even hard. It was, it was, it was, right, it was a, right. it's a joke. It's yeah. an absolute joke. There was a, and can I just tell a quick funny story? Go ahead. So I had this high school girlfriend. Uh -huh. uh, we went to the prom together and stuff like that. Her name was Jen. Okay. And she went to Indiana. Okay. And uh, I also, my senior year, met, but I didn't get together with a girl mm -hmm. I almost married. This girl named okay. Heather, and I, I almost married her. Okay. And <laughs> she went to Michigan. Okay. And Jen decides she wants to get back with me and goes to visit a mutual friend on Syracuse's campus. Okay. And I was working, because I was working hockey, and decide, or I was working uh, Cuse basketball. Uh -huh. And they said, uh, we need your help, because I had a fake ID. So I got them alcohol mm -hmm. and that's how we connected and in my room when i got home for the evening the, my ex my ex high school girlfriend shows up in my dorm room she's in my room like waiting for me and i freak out because i like that girl who went to michigan and i said this is no good and i go across the hall to borrow uh, somebody else's phone so i could call michigan and say this is nuts, but I have nothing to do with this. Like, I don't want you to hear this secondhand, blah, 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 right. blah, blah. And I right. call and this girl, Jen is hammered, hammered. And she puts a robe on that was my roommate's robe. And I just want that noted. She okay. would put, to put my roommate's robe on and she goes out in the hallway and goes, where did Seth go? 
And some guy says, not knowing any of the drama, just says, oh, he went out down the hall to call his girlfriend in Michigan. And she didn't know. She didn't know. And she was hammered. This was like in the first why four weeks. Hold on. Why, why would he say that? This story gets so much better. Of all the she's, things to say, why would that be what he says? She's wearing um, like uh, uh, heels. And she got so mad that in front of about 35 people in my dorm, okay. she flung a high-heeled shoe at me. And it went like a boomerang at, and just missed me. <laughs> and my legend grew. What could he have done <laughs> that she would throw a high-heeled shoe? And ever since then, I, I met so many women because of that. Because I had a, a rep as the guy that got the girl to throw a shoe. That's hilarious, sir. That's, that's, that's hilarious, sir. It's hilarious. It was hilarious. Um, but that's the dorms. Like, that's what the dorm life is. That's what happens in the dorms, right. Like, there's no way. I can't well, imagine you... living there and having COVID being, uh, I'm in my room, stay here, don't come in without a mask. Like, no way. But that, but that was my, and that's my issue with, as, as you're returning college sports, how are you going to police once they go to their dorms? Like, right. so, so, so the sports, so, um, the NCAA is saying, okay, so we're going to keep them and have all this protocol for practice. And practice is going to be this and that and social distancing. We'll have the, 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 the plexiglass thing, uh, you know, under, and where they meet and everything like that. I was like, okay, that's cool. What about when they go to their dorms? Then what's the plan? Then what's the plan? And then, then they're going the to campus. And then the, the student athletes are going to the same classes as the people who are throwing high heel shoes. That, that's, <laughs> that's all of it. All That's right. Crazy. This is Dr. Katie Passaretti. She's in Charlotte, North Carolina. Uh, she is from Atrium Health. And she was available for interviews on the safety precautions that are critical for all athletes going back to playing amongst COVID-19 and those who have since recovered. So that was the invitation. I interviewed her at length for Sports Illustrated. And I don't have that here. This is uh, that's all stuff about the NFL. And I told you everything that we covered. But mm. then and I'm pulling out my thing here so you can hear it, too. Um, but then I talked to her a little bit more at length. And it's literally just about stuff that we're talking about. Here you go. Doc, we have been wondering so long and I appreciate your time. We've been wondering so long how COVID is going to, to do this. Do you have a theory uh, an educated theory, not just a cockamamie theory. Do you have a theory on how this country, given as fractured as it is, can actually hunker down and beat this thing? I mean, I saw what happened in Italy and in other European nations where they had complete shutdowns, and now they're already on the road to recovery, and we still have hot spots all over the place. And I just wonder, for the people who are watching, who are sports fans, but also we have kids that we want to send back to school and businesses that we want to see come back. What needs to happen for us to get past this? Yeah, you know, this is all extremely challenging. I think part of the issue in the United States is there have been a little bit of mixed messages as far as, 
and we've, we're learning as we go, right? So recommendations have changed and that causes confusion in the population. But as we progress through this, you know, we keep coming back to the things that are most important, our universal masking when you're around other people in public to prevent spread, either if you have symptoms or if you happen to be one of those people without symptoms that can be infected. Social distancing, so trying to avoid large group gatherings, um, you know, where you can, giving space between individuals, um, and, you know, staying home when you're sick. So these are things we've kind of abused for years, and it's a little bit of a culture shift to really kind of hammer those things home across the United States. Um, you know, balancing that we need our businesses to be open, we need to have some degree of interaction with other people's schools. As you said, it's really, there are things that can be done so we can do that safely. We just need it more universally applied, consistently messaged um, to keep things manageable. We're not going to prevent every single case of COVID no matter what we do, but these things can lower the risk, help protect the most susceptible individuals and keep our hospitals, you know, not overrun with patients, which has kind of downstream impact. You were great on the Sports Illustrated interview, so I'm going to tell the folks, you know, what, what, you, what we went over. But to capsulize, there are two places that I'm most alarmed, and they are both school-related. One is a college campus, because I went to college, you went to college, and I, when I went to Syracuse University, the dorms were co-ed by room. There was no social distancing, and I don't know how that's even humanly possible to have on a college campus. Are we just waiting for more outbreaks? I think of Syracuse because that area is so is doing so well. Onondaga County is doing so, so well. And now you're going to have 20,000 kids coming from all over the country and all over the world. They're all coming all over, and they're going to be all over each other. What about a college campus? Is that even feasible this year? I mean, I do think college campuses are going to be particularly challenging, you know, one, because of the group living, like you said, two, you know, young, healthy, focused on maybe other things than preventing spread of COVID, um, you know, and social interaction is so... Whatever could you mean? <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, no comment. Um, <laughs> but... You know, I think it is going to be challenging. I suspect that we will see clusters and outbreaks on college campuses, you know, doing what we can if colleges choose to have in-person classes, mixing up virtual and in-person, um, having an action plan for when they do have COVID in a dorm to address that rapidly. All those things are gonna be super, super important. Um, but like you say, I think to some extent in person, college, you know, college kids are essentially adults as far as risk of infection. And um, you know, the mindset is a little bit different. So I very much suspect that it'll be challenging to progress through the college, um, the year in person for colleges. Okay, so now younger kids, everybody's dealing with it. And I feel so bad for people, I'm lucky I get to work from home and, you know, if our kids are home, we can deal yeah. with it. I do have my uh, universal uh, request for anybody watching this. Uh, if you know second grade math, come on, come to my house, please. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm all for it. Um, but the, the, there's this the hybrid plans where sometimes you're in school and sometimes you're not. I can't imagine letting young kids put on masks and asking them to keep them on all day. And then there's the middle school, and I have a, a, a seventh grade. Well, I'm a seventh grader. I have a seventh grader, and, you know, I, I worry about all of her friends and, and, and everything that's going on. 
And even if she's being the perfect angel, which I'm not going to expect her to be, she, she's going to be surrounded by kids. And I don't know how that's happening. If, if I had to make the decision today, my kids are staying home. What would, what would you suggest and how important is it for schools to get back, given the fact that there's so much uncertainty and every area is so different? Yeah, you know, it's really hard to give one size fits all um, recommendation as far as schools. I think from the infection standpoint, I do have concerns about spread of infection to teachers or to more susceptible individuals amongst classrooms and whatnot. Having said that, the infectious side of things isn't the only side of things that we have to take into account. You know, some people can um, manage homeschooling or manage private tutors or manage that kind of stuff, but some kids really don't have those resources, don't even have access to things to be able to do virtual schooling. And those individuals, you know, access to food, access to education, access to a safe environment, you know, it really is a balancing act depending on the individual situation and doing what we can in those settings to mitigate risk. So what can we do to protect teachers? What can we do to space out students? You know, where, especially the older kids, wearing masks and whatnot should be possible, kind of reinforcing that. You know, I think it all comes down to kind of an individual risk analysis and what's best for that individual situation. It's an easy answer from the infection side, a way harder decision on the individual parent, individual child side that has to take into account, you know, all those different things that very much um, have long, long, um, long after effects on kids. I've already taken up too much of your time. So I'm just going to say this one thing. I read all these articles about vaccines and I don't know who to trust. I don't know who to believe. You see the same stuff, but you know what you're reading and I don't. Uh, are, are we close? Is this a realistic thing? Could we get a vaccine by like next year? And in reality, I know all these people who are afraid of vaccines don't we have to have the vaccine out for a little while to see what it does first? I, I, I don't know. I, I just, I, I don't want to have this conversation with people where they go, well, you know, we're not opening until we get a vaccine because when is that happening? Yeah, you know, I do think uh, that, you know, the early trials on vaccines are promising. Um, you know, I do personally think by beginning of 2021, um, a good vaccine option will be available. That doesn't mean it will be produced in quantities sufficient to vaccinate everyone in the world all at once. I think it's going to have to roll out to highest risk individuals first, and then kind of as we manufacture more, get out to a broader population. Um, you know, the anti, people that um, oppose that The anti-vaxxers, <laughs> we can just yeah. call them. I, I, I edited my... No, I know. I, know. Um, I said it, not you. You did not say it. Thank you. Um, you know, it is a concern both on that we're going to head into flu season pretty soon where, you know, we're not only dealing with usual impact of flu, but COVID on top of it. So it makes me even more worried than a typical year about people kind of refusing vaccines or not doing that. So, you know, um, I do think vaccines are super important. I do think the stuff I've seen on the vaccine trials are very promising. You know, we are fast tracking it. They are trying to make sure that the appropriate safety protocols are put into place. So like you said, there's not some 
some, you know, we go and give the vaccine to 5 billion people and we find out some, you know, adverse effect of vaccine. So, you know, they are moving quickly, but moving as safely as possible with that. Um, and I think the messaging around vaccines, you know, now is the time to try to encourage people to get their flu vaccine and then, you know, start um, educating that the COVID vaccine likely is going to be um, important piece of, you know, ultimately returning to normalcy, but that that isn't going to come immediately. It's still a little ways off. Thank you so much. I can't thank you enough. We've taken up so much of your time. Uh, you, you guys are doing a yeoman's work. Uh, I, I, we salute you, seriously. Uh, you've done an amazing job. And thank you so much for sharing some insight, both for Sports Illustrated and here on this show. Thank you so much. One of the questions that I have <clears throat> now, um, when people say about, you know, one thing that's, that she said, um, a lot of the people who are, I guess, the naysayers of distance learning, um, of uh, uh, doing things virtually, and they say, well, you know, it would be so difficult because a lot of people don't have access to, you know, the um, technology that, no, 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 not daycare, oh, the technology that it would take, yeah. right. And I always say to that, you know, we've been homeschooling for like five years now and every kid has a cell phone and they can do all of their work on their cell phone. They do everything else on their cell phone. We, we do IXL. I'm a big fan of IXL. I am the, I would do an IXL commercial if I could. I love that program. And my kids can do it on their cell phones. Yeah, but, like if, but, if, but, but, but not in poor areas. Not not everybody has that in poor areas. They don't have they don't have cell phones. That's... They don't they don't have internet technology. They don't have cell phones. They don't have the things that you can do proper home learning. See, I have it's to not everywhere. It's not everywhere. I, I, I gotta disagree. Everywhere. I gotta disagree because even even the, the so so even in the so they did the the case study here in Southeast um, because they were trying to figure out how. Um, they can they can implement um, distance learning. You know, of course, all the private schools in all different places they have iPads, they have all those things. But implement distance learning virtually because all of Maryland is pretty much going virtually. Um, and and they 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 did the poll of people who have access to, and then they just used any any aspect of technology. Yeah, but not downtown not, not, downtown Baltimore has has internet access. They have Southie, all that. They, they, they have cell phones, cell phones. That through cell phone. So, so the schools said, and this is for the schools, they said, how do they have, because they have, all have to have cell phone policies when the kids come to school normally. And though, so the way they have to, you know, each one has different, um, you know, policies. Some have to, the teacher holds them all until after class, but all, whatever, right? And they said that most of the kids come there with cell phones. Mm -hmm. So what I'm saying is that if you, and this is just from the school, and so if you have a cell phone, you can have a program of, of, of learning because they do everything else from their cell phone. That's that's why that's always my answer to that. And you know, now I if you're talking about iPads, if you're talking about laptop computers, okay, that's different. I don't, you know, everybody doesn't have laptop computers and iPads. That's that's different. But if you're just talking about from a simple cell phone, a smartphone, most of the kids do have that. And so that that part I don't, but the 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 question about 
And I wanted to ask you this before we we have the, the guys come on and talk about the Lakers. Did you see that that you know we talked about a little bit that case that, that uh, situation in a school in in Georgia? Huh. Um, the school was was North Paulding High School. Yep. So a student whose name is Hannah Hannah, Hannah Waters Hannah Waters um, she she took a picture of her hallway and. Yep. Not one person had a mask that I could see. There was like three. Okay, all right, I'll give you three. All right, but it was crowded. But it was 100 100 people. Yeah, three out of 100. And it was literally crowded like a regular high school um, hallway would be crowded in between periods. And the school actually suspended her. They rescinded rescinded it. After she went on CNN, yeah, and after Uh she blasted them. But if if she would have gone quietly... They would not have suspended, like rescinded anything. I know, I know, but at all, and that is just. I, I thought this was just a this story. It spoke to a lot. It, it, it said a lot. You know, I mean, how do you safely bring students back from these pictures that are shown? And you can't promise that, people. right? You can't promise right. that. And that I was mean. my point with the doctor: is everything's mm-hmm. so fractured. So what Maryland's doing is not what New Jersey's doing. What New Jersey's doing is not what Georgia's doing. What Georgia's doing is not what Texas is doing. And it's all fractured. And it's, it's, it's crazy. And part of me, and I've been leaning toward this, and I said this to David Moulton yesterday, and I'll say it to you, and I know I've said this to you before. If Biden wins, and we're not any better off in January than we are right now, I would love it if he comes out and says, I'm not happy about this, but six to eight weeks, we are shutting the hell down. Oh, man, that's that's completely different. We're locking locking it down. We're beating this thing. We're not going this far. And it's going to get ugly because people will be mad. But you know Trump won't do it. Again, forget the other policies. You know Trump won't do it, but Biden might. And... do this the Italy the do the Italy model. Get the Prime yes. Minister of Italy to come here and say, "What did you do?" Right, but this is that. That's what we should have done before it's when the it point. first started it's not the, in but, March. But we can't go backwards. We don't have the DeLorean. We can't. We don't have the one point twenty one gigawatts, and we can't go. Gigawatt. We can't go back. But here's the thing, though, Seth. This is what you do, and this is the part that that bothers me so much with the Trump administration. You cannot simply say. Or, and you you tell me if this makes a person look weak or anything like that. Given the data that we had at the time, we thought this. Now that we have new data, we have to go in a different direction. Right. That's it. That's it. That, that doesn't make you look weak. That makes you look wise for no, actually no, wise no, because you It's going to be unpopular. He, he won't be popular. But if he has a Democratic House and a Demo- and, and, a, and a tied Senate, but he'll have his vice president break the tie, he'll have no congressional uh, um, objection. He can literally shut down this country if right, he but wants my, to. But my, but my point is less about the who does it. Like if, if Trump would have done that before. Who does it. It's the only way it can get it done. If right, Trump, right. Do, if, 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 if I had any so, inkling Trump that Trump would so, do it tonight, fine, do it tonight. But if if so, say you, you you gave the scenario that if Biden wins, if Trump wins, he's not going to do that. He's not going to do that. 
Right. He's and that was my point. You, He's you, not gonna if, do you that. if you can't say that we had this uh, this uh, you know set of um, information now, then now we're gonna do it differently because they have a different set of information. He's not going to do that. He is pushing for all schools to be open. I know. Meanwhile, his son is not going to school. You know what I mean? But he's pushing for all schools to be open because he wants to jumpstart this economy. And that that is the part that would bother me no matter who did that. I know. Um, some breaking news. Uh, just 20 minutes ago. So while we were talking to the doctor, I got this. Uh, okay. Tonight's St. Louis Cardinals-Chicago Cubs game has been postponed. An additional positive test for COVID-19 by a St. Louis Cardinals player. Wow. So it, it, it's it's not going to go away. And the one thing that you can say is they're going to keep having these little outbreaks and they're canceling games. And there's going to be like a season. <laughs> there's two things. I think the Philadelphia Phillies have to play uh, 24 games. No, I think it's 34 games in 31 days or, or something like that. Like it's 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 absurd. Some of these calendars because. The Phillies, the Marlins, the Cardinals, uh, now the Cubs, all teams that were displaced by COVID, they have so many makeup games, it's scary. And I don't know if you saw, but they changed the doubleheaders now. Doubleheaders right. are only seven innings, which yeah. is so cheap. It's it, This whole thing is so hodgepodge. It's, it's ah. um, But there's, a, there, there, there's another player uh, testing positive for COVID-19. And that's one outbreak. Now, here's the question, going back to the other one. If that is not a St. Louis Cardinals player, but he's an Arizona Cardinals football player, do the Arizona Cardinals play the San Francisco 49ers today? Yes. Yes, you just get him out. Yep. That's what they're going to That's their plan. And the plan is, and just from what, what the doctor said, that same doctor who, yes, uh, Caleb was right. She does look just like, she doesn't sound like, but she looks just like uh, Dr. Melfi from The Sopranos. Oh. Lorraine Bracco. That's who she looks like. like, it, looks it, like? That's who she looks like when, when she's in there. Like, she, she doesn't sound like that, but I got that once you're, um, once, 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 once he said that, I was like, yeah, she does look like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but she said that when you are exposed to COVID, Exactly. And you are a potential carrier. You don't test positive right away. Okay. Yep. And your temperature doesn't go up right away. Right. And so on a football Sunday, the best thing you could do is test on a Wednesday or a Thursday. Because if you're positive, then it would come out on Sunday. Like you would know, you would know on Sunday, like, you would te- you would have to isolate players on a Thursday. So the road trips, remember the road trips they were talking about the same day. Mm-hmm. The, the, mm-hmm. This theory is is different. And I asked the doctor, and the doctor she basically said that it doesn't come up positive automatically. Mm-hmm. So the theory would be is that you have to isolate the teams. The teams would have to be in their locations on Thursday, and you would have to isolate completely on thursday then if you test on saturday and again on sunday and you do the rapid test on sunday you would find out you would you would you would essentially know if someone was exposed right then that's hard that's hard and expensive you know that that that's not what they're saying you're doing but if you if you theorize it like these guys have to take their test every day to go in right 
I need glasses. I, I've said before, I need glasses, right? I have to, to take my temperature in order to go into the glasses place. But I could have COVID and I don't have any symptoms and I don't have a fever and I don't have it. That doesn't mean that I won't have it on Monday. Right. But right. you don't know. And so that's the thing. And that's why the Phillies and Marlins two weeks ago, they had to not play on that Sunday. Mm-hmm. And that's why tonight, even if it's one player on the Cardinals, you can't assume that he hasn't exposed the other guys who are not okay. taking positive, and the Cubs can't take the field against them. And th- that was the reason why, remember when we asked the um, TBT guys, you know, what their yep. system was. Yep. So if one person tested positive, You're out then for the, the whole system, no, no, the whole t- the whole team. Yeah. Right. But, but what they're saying, what the NFL is saying, is that if one person tests positive, they he just send play. that one person home. Yeah, he doesn't play, but everybody else. Oh, no, you've been with the whole team. <laughs> you, you, everybody's contaminated. You got to even if even if your locker out. rooms, even if everybody has their own locker room, it's not the locker room. It's the actual field. the The linemen go like this, <laughs> like right, 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 right. They are touching people constantly. And uh, that, and that is also my question of what's going to happen. In the bubble now that, that that hasn't happened yet but when one person that that's what changed my mind on tbt when they said if one person from the team tests positive the entire team that you've been around the whole time is disqualified but so that far but sense. so far in the nba and the nhl no one's breaking the rules like right but, but, but what i'm no saying is but the, the system of the mlb and the system of of the nfl is not that if one person tests positive, they 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 you know quarantine the whole team for a period of time. They keep on going, and and go and play the next team. It's just the one person is removed. That's not that's that's not it. That's that's not how you do it. And I'm gonna tell you, and I want to change change change. I'm I'm using your statement as a transition because you okay. brought up basketball, basketball mm-hmm. versus hockey, and okay. this is literally a first person first world problem because. Both sports are doing great. Both sports are doing great. Hockey wins for one aspect that the NBA is recreating their regular season, and the Mm -hmm. NHL is already in their playoffs. That's what you said before. And it's totally different. And when you drop the puck, there are six games today. I think it's today. Six games that are elimination games. Yeah, that's what you said. Six games that are elimination games, and they're going to fight till their last breath. They are that those games are super intense, and I'm I I, I don't mind, uh, what is it load, what is it, Pocket load management, load management. I, I I understand load management because I demean right. the regular season, but you can't say that the NBA is anything other than an extension of the regular season. The games have been some have been good, some have been bad. You know Brooklyn beating Milwaukee, and Milwaukee didn't play anybody, and LeBron didn't play like. That's just it's regular season basketball. So I just don't want to hear the NBA is better than the than what hockey's doing. What hockey did, and the NBA can't do this because what the hockey did was five, six, seven, eight, play nine, ten, eleven, twelve. You can't take nine, ten, eleven, twelve in basketball and have them be any good because then you'd get the stinking Knicks. And you can't <laughs> you can't do it. And so what the NBA did, and I'm not criticizing the NBA for doing it. They I did what they that. have. But they're extending their regular season. And all I'm saying about the NBA is, call me when the playoffs start. Just get to the playoffs. 
because the, the, this regular season fluff, you're in isolation. You're not doing anything. You're stuck there. You can't go anywhere. And you're doing this regular season, resting guys, blah, 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 blah. You've been sitting around for three and a half months. Give me a sport where literally these teams are fighting for their lives and they're playing <laughs> with the intensity. And I, it's so good. It's, it's so, and it's, it's, it's not so a sport versus sport because ba- if basketball had the competitive balance that hockey has, they'd be a better sport. That's a fact. See, I don't, I don't know if I can agree with that, though. I don't know if I can because I think – I just the, want more I good mean, teams. You, well, when you look at the – so 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 has the amount of viewership been different? And not, if gonna, I'm not if going that. Basketball is more popular. I'm not well, saying Well, that. that's what I'm saying. So from what measuring stick, is it not, is it not as exciting? And, the value and so of the game. The, the value of the game I gotta, I gotta is say, massive. I'm, I'm, watching, I'm watching Portland last night, and, you know, they're – Some teams uh, are playing for their lives. Some teams are playing for their lives, but the Lakers don't play a meaningful game for another week. But I would say even even the teams that aren't playing for their lives, New Orleans, you know, everybody is all focused on, you know, how Zion looks and how, you know, Brandon Ingram and, and how, you know, Lonzo Ball designed how it all works. They're not going to nobody's playoffs they're, at all. Yeah, they're not. They're out of and it. I'm not as but, interested. But their games are just as exciting, and I bet you the viewership numbers but, are. You know, so I'm, I, it's I not viewership you. numbers because it's it's not apples to apples. It's not apples. I got you. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. But right I, now, but right is, now, Pittsburgh, uh, the Islanders lead the Panthers two games to one. Pitts, right. uh, Florida is fighting for their life. They're through two periods, and the Islanders are leading three to one. The Panthers have twenty minutes, or they're out of the bubble. They're fighting right. for their lives. Right, and they, for right, they're fighting <laughs> right, for their lives. Um, the the pre- two thirty today. The Predators and the Coyotes. Arizona leads two games to one. Nashville facing elimination. Then right. at four o'clock, Pittsburgh, Montreal. Montreal leads two to one. It's because of the. It's because they expanded the playoffs, and this play-in round is a best of five, and they're playoffs. They they feel like playoffs. They it feels like you are fighting for your lives, and if. If any one of the teams that is winning today uh-huh. thinks they have a shot at the championship, how many teams in the NBA think they have a shot at the championship? Okay, so we'll so we'll we'll talk because up for next real. we're gonna we're, for real no, no, we're we're gonna talk about all of this because we're gonna bring some guys on you know we're gonna bring John Celestan from former Villanova player um, Chucky Brown who spent a, a year with the with the Lakers um, vet he's gonna come on. And a, a, a guy who is uh, his name is Rashad Singleton. He is a career. He's he's a comedian um, in the sports. I was on his show, but he is a adamant LeBron hater. So it's going to be a very no a dedicated LeBron hater. And he oh, nice. introduced that. Oh, oh man, he, he so so it's going like to be a LeBron. good discussion. No no no. But he, I don't think it's it's not personal, but it's. You, I'll let he, you, doesn't, you, he doesn't think LeBron is as good as like Jordan or. No, 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 not at all. He doesn't think that at all. He doesn't think LeBron is anywhere. I don't think he's as good as Jordan either, but he's still incredible. Of course he's incredible. He's of course incredible. he is. He's amazing. <laughs> so let me work on getting these guys. You know, let me let me take a quick break because I do got to run to the bathroom. I know that, you know, Don, Don listening. I know he wants to go straight through and not even move. But no, he wants he wants I, better commercials. I can't not move sometimes <laughs> to take bathroom break. <laughs> well, how about this? How about this? I have a better idea. I have a better idea. Okay. Rather okay. than take a break, 
rather than okay. take a break, why don't I replay the first part of the doctor? Okay, that's cool. You know what I'm saying? So if you miss the doctor, you can see a, a portion. We're not going to play the whole thing, but we'll right. play the doctor. We're going to mute ourselves. I don't have to make it so you hear it anymore. Right. You'll Sounds hear good. silence and we'll play the doctor. So if you miss the doctor, this is, and let me get her name, please. Uh, Katie Pateretti, I think her, her name is. It's, her name is hard to pronounce. Uh, but she and I spoke uh, just about an hour ago about COVID and sports. Doc, we have been wondering so long, and I appreciate your time. We've been wondering so long how COVID is going to, to do this. Do you have a theory, uh, an educated theory, not just a cockamamie theory? Do you have a theory on how this country, given as fractured as it is, can actually hunker down and beat this thing? I mean, I saw what happened in Italy and in other European nations where they had complete shutdowns, and now they're already on the road to recovery, and we still have hot spots all over the place. And I just wonder, for the people who are watching who are sports fans, but also we have kids that we want to send back to school and businesses that we want to see come back, what needs to happen for us to get past this? Yeah, you know, this is all extremely challenging. I think part of the issue in the United States is there have been a little bit of mixed messages as far as, and we've, we're learning as we go, right? So recommendations have changed and that causes confusion in the population. But as we progress through this, you know, we keep coming back to the things that are most important, our universal masking when you're around other people in public to prevent spread, either if you have symptoms or if you happen to be one of those people without symptoms that can be infected. Social distancing, so trying to avoid large group gatherings, um, you know, where you can, giving space between individuals, um, and, you know, staying home when you're sick. So these are things we've kind of abused for years, and it's a little bit of a culture shift to really kind of hammer those things home across the United States. Um, you know, balancing that we need our businesses to be open, we need to have some degree of interaction with other people's schools, as you said, it's really, there are things that can be done so we can do that safely. We just need it more universally applied, consistently messaged um, to keep things manageable. We're not going to prevent every single case of COVID no matter what we do, but these things can lower the risk, help protect the most susceptible individuals and keep our hospitals, you know, not overrun with patients, which has kind of downstream impact. You were great on the Sports Illustrated interview, so I'm going to tell the folks, you know, what, what, you, what we went over. But to capsulize, there are two places that I'm most alarmed, and they are both school-related. One is a college campus, because I went to college, you went to college, and I, when I went to Syracuse University, the dorms were co-ed by room. There was no social distancing, and I don't know how that's even humanly possible to have on a college campus. Are we just waiting for more outbreaks? I think of Syracuse because that area is so is doing so well. Onondaga County is doing so, so well. And now you're going to have 20,000 kids coming from all over the country and all over the world. They're all coming all over, and they're going to be all over each other. What about a college campus? Is that even feasible this year? I mean, I do think college campuses are going to be particularly challenging, you know, one, because of the group living, like you said, two, you know, young, healthy, focused on maybe other things than preventing spread of COVID, um, you know, and social interaction is so... Whatever could you mean? 
<laughs> yeah, right. Uh, no comment. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I think it is going to be challenging. I suspect that we will see clusters and outbreaks on college campuses, you know, doing what we can if colleges choose to have in-person classes, mixing up virtual and in-person, um, having an action plan for when they do have COVID in a dorm to address that rapidly. All those things are going to be super, super important. Um, but like you say, I think to some extent in person, college, you know, college kids are essentially adults as far as risk of infection. And, um, you know, the mindset is a little bit different. So I very much suspect that it'll be challenging to progress through the college, um, the year in person for colleges. Okay, so now younger kids, everybody's dealing with it. And I feel so bad for people. I'm lucky I get to work from home. And, you know, if our kids are home, we can deal yeah. with it. I do have my uh, universal uh, request for anybody watching this. Uh, if you know second grade math, come on, come to my house, please. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm all for it. Um, but the, the, there's this the hybrid plans where sometimes you're in school and sometimes you're not. I can't imagine letting young kids put on masks and asking them to keep them on all day. And then there's the middle school and I have a, a, a seventh grade. Well, I'm a seventh grader. I have a seventh grader and you know, I, I worry about all of her friends and, and, and everything that's going on. And even if she's being the perfect angel, which I'm not going to expect her to be, she, she's going to be surrounded by kids. And I don't know how that's happening. If, if I had to make the decision today, my kids are staying home. What would, what would you suggest and how important is it for schools to get back given the fact that there's so much uncertainty and every area is so different? Yeah, you know, it's really hard to give one size fits all um, recommendation as far as schools. I think from the infection standpoint, I do have concerns about spread of infection to teachers or to more susceptible individuals amongst classrooms and whatnot. Having said that, the infectious side of things isn't the only side of things that we have to take into account. You know, some people can um, manage homeschooling or manage private tutors or manage that kind of stuff, but some kids really don't have those resources, don't even have access to things to be able to do virtual schooling. And those individuals, you know, access to food, access to education, access to a safe environment, you know, it really is a balancing act depending on the individual situation and doing what we can in those settings to mitigate risk. So what can we do to protect teachers? What can we do to space out students? You know, where, especially the older kids wearing masks and whatnot should be possible, kind of reinforcing that. You know, I think it all comes down to kind of an individual risk analysis and what's best for that individual situation. It's an easy answer from the infection side, a way harder decision on the individual parent, individual child side that has to take into account, you know, all those different things that very much um, have long, long, um, long after effects on kids. I've already taken up too much of your time, so I'm just going to say this one thing. I read all these articles about vaccines, and I don't know who to trust. I don't know who to believe. You see the same stuff, but you know what you're reading, and I don't. Uh, are, are we close? Is this a realistic thing? Could we get a vaccine by, like, next year? And in reality, I know all these people who are afraid of vaccines. Don't we have to have the vaccine out for a little while to see what it does first? I, I, I don't know. I, I just... I, I don't want to have this conversation with people where they go, well, you know, we're not opening until we get a vaccine, because when is that happening? 
Yeah, you know, I do think uh, that, you know, the early trials on vaccines are promising. Um, you know, I do personally think by beginning of 2021, um, a good vaccine option will be available. That doesn't mean it will be produced in quantities sufficient to vaccinate everyone in the world all at once. I think it's going to have to roll out to highest risk individuals first. All right, uh, we are back and hold on. Now we're back. There we go. We are here and everybody hears everything. And we are good. Hold on one second. I'm just clicking the right thing. I did this right. I did it right. There you go. Got to mute that one. And these guys are not. Now you're not muted. Okay, perfect. Uh, welcome back to Center of Attention. And we are here. And let's first of all welcome in uh, basketball royalty, even though he played for Villanova, not Syracuse. <laughs> Uh, even though he's from New Jersey, we have to like him for that. Uh, the great John Celestand is here. John, welcome to the show. Thank you. And I want you to know, I grew up a Syracuse fan. And I stopped liking Syracuse because they didn't recruit me. But I grew up a Syracuse <laughs> fan. Derek Coleman, Bobby Cycli, Stephen Thompson, all of those That's, guys. Billy Owens. There you go. Yeah, there yeah. You go. That's, those yeah. Some, some legends right there. Very cool. Yeah. And our next guest is the host of his own podcast called The Rundown. Uh, he's also a stand-up comedian and uh, Czech basketball. Is that the name of your po your podcast? Let's welcome Czech, in Czech ball. Czech ball. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Uh, Rashid <laughs> Spurlock is with us. Rashid, welcome to the show. Hey, I appreciate y'all having me on, man. Oh, so there's a lot, and Chucky Brown is gonna he's gonna join us in a minute. He's still trying to figure it out house party, but he's gonna join us. I see him over there. We're talking about the Lakers. I'm an anti, you know how they have anti vaxxers? I'm anti house party. We're done with house party. But no, we, we, we're talking about the Lakers, and I, you know, Rashid is my man. He's a dedicated uh, LeBron hater. So I, I always throw that in. I always wow. You can't come into our barbershop. And, 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 you know, <laughs> and John played with the Lakers, so it's, it's it's interesting watching their games now, because and I posted this last night. There's a lot of people who all right, here we go, here we go, Chuck Brown. Oh, look at Chuck Brown figured it out. Did he figure it out? No, you got to turn on your camera. Your I camera. Finally figured it out. You figured it out, but you got You got to turn on your camera because we can't see you. All right, <laughs> hold on. Let me figure this out. Good job. Hey, I'm doing good, man. These smartphones ain't for everybody. You know what I'm saying? Hey, hey. <laughs> They're for everybody here. They're for everybody here. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Long-time NBA vet. This is this is this is the man right here. He played a year with the Lakers as well. So we're gonna have a Lakers conversation right now. Okay. Um, okay. So I introduce you. This is John Celestan. He played for the Lakers for a year. Okay. Played with Villanova. And this is Rashid Spurlock over here. He has a podcast, right. comedian extraordinaire. And like I said, he's a dedicated LeBron hater. So oh. <laughs> <laughs> he called the truth teller, but is LeBron hater. So, okay. so about the games you know it's interesting watching their games yes so i posted on my on my facebook i said you know there's a lot of people and i said i wouldn't name any names but there's a lot yeah. of people who have been saying that the lakers can win without lebron and right. i said do you still believe that 
You know, and after right. watching this today, I want to ask y'all, first of all, let's start with you, Chucky. Do you believe that they can win without LeBron? No, nah, no way. No way possible that they can win without him because, I mean, he does so much uh, as far as, like, opening things up for guys, getting open looks and stuff like that. Though I, though I do not think that he is a, a point guard. He's a point forward, and there's a different mentality with a point forward because, mm-hmm. in my opinion, a point forward is going to make the right play, which is what he does. He makes the right play no matter who's open, he throws it to him. But a point right. guard, you could be open if you want to. If you're not going to make the shot, the point guard ain't going to give it to you. So the point guard going to give it to the people that's going to make the assists go up. So, you know, I, I don't think they can win without LeBron because of what he, what he does. John, John, what do you think about that? Absolutely not. Um, you know, absolutely not. It's not. It's, I don't even know why we're even discussing this, man. Because if, if, if you look at the first game they played at once the bubble started, when they played the Clippers, they barely beat the Clippers, man. And the Clippers didn't have. You know, that was the game where Lou went and got the wings right and all this. And they barely won, you know. And I, I rarely ever right. agree with Stephen A. Smith, but I watched Stephen A. Smith talk about how they didn't have, a, like, you know. They barely won. Right. With them winning, he felt worse about them, right? And that's how I felt as well. And I was talking to one of my friends yesterday as we were watching the Lakers. I, this is the first time, and I've heard people say, we know LeBron has lost a step, right? We know that, and we know that the, to me, it's like they're starting, he's starting to look a little bit old for me, you know? And, and when I say that, I mean, you know, dribbling past guys, not being able to create space. Having to use book ball, kind of the things I do now, because I can't get by nobody anymore. Right? So I like it. <laughs> and, uh, you know, so it scares me. And I tell you what, and I jump off, if they have to match up against the Blazers, I'm scared for the Lakers a little bit, you know, because they yeah. can't guard nobody right now on the perimeter. I mean, yeah. God ripping them, man. Doc Mitchell went off, Kyle Lowry went off, Harden went off on them. I think they play um, the Pacers tomorrow. Maybe Old Depot will go off. I don't know. But they can't guard anybody. Right. <laughs> right. They have, even with LeBron James, they're not, it's not a shooting that they just walk right. to the finals, you know? So, yeah. I agree. No, that's a good, good point. Rasheed, jump in there. Tell me your thoughts. Um, I don't think that they are a championship team without them, but I still believe that they can make the playoffs. Without him, okay. with that with that team around him, everybody can make um, the playoffs. It's the NBA. Well, not, <laughs> not in the Western Conference, though. Good not, not in the Western Conference, though. Listen, people said he was funny. I want to see him do something funny. <laughs> <laughs> nah, but I, I think they can make the playoffs. But I mean, honestly, but that 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 depends on a lot with Rondo. I think Rondo is a a true point guard. And has led teams before, has made teams better. Yes. And if you put him into that equation, if he's not hurt, right, they can definitely, you know, like I said, make the playoffs. But as far as a championship team, I'm not going to take that, you know, away from him as far as, you know, being the kind of player that he is. You mean make the finals? That's what you're saying? No, no, playoffs. No, playoffs. I don't think right. they can make the finals without LeBron, but they can definitely, with right. that team at all oh, health, yeah. they can definitely yeah. make the playoffs and be a, um, yeah. Probably a top four or five, you know, seed in the Western Conference. Well, I mean, okay. so, so why why do you think there's been so much discussion to see how 
I mean, I, and Anthony Davis has been playing great. I, I'm not taking anything away from it. But the, a lot of the discussion was, you know, is he the MVP of the team over LeBron? Like, if you take one, I don't know why that discussion kept coming up, but it kept coming up the whole week. What why, why, why is why is that discussion been coming up so much? I think it's coming up because of the simple fact of, uh, you know, whenever I hear about LeBron, everybody loves to go to his stats. His stats, his stats, his stats. Me, I feel like sometimes stats can be deceiving. You know what I mean? Yes. Especially somebody like me who's who watches the game. I'm a detailed basketball watcher. Like, I watch certain things, and uh, I've seen times where, like, games might be out of reach, and LeBron is still going for his stats. And then at the end of the day, when he's on – when they put these shows up and these highlights, it's like, okay, LeBron had his numbers, but then everybody else is, is the blame. And that's the problem that I have. It's like when he wins – he gets all the credit. When he loses, he gets protected, and everybody else gets all the blame. And that's Whoa. that's what I attack when it comes to him. You think, so? you think they get I do. I do. That sounds like jealousy. They say, they say, they say you know, hey, hey, he, gets all, he gets all the help. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was with Rasheed. I was with him until he said he don't get the blame. I mean, man, I ain't never seen anybody that dissected. As LeBron James has been yeah, in the I mean, he he gets dissected. So I'm with you, but when you say that they don't, he don't get the blame. I mean, that that's rough because he's he's been killed over the years yeah. uh, when they've lost, and, and he deserved it a lot of the time. You know, uh, he deserved it a lot of the time. Not yeah, not, I don't think not, he not, a lot. Of, not, oh, not oh, lost, though. There was one series where he destroyed Golden State. And to me, he was the MVP in the loss. I think that was the, maybe the first or second year, the second year they played. Right, right, right. Yeah, but how, how can you say that, though? That's what I'm saying. Like, how can you try to give a man an MVP for losing? Like, he lost. Like, they. Well, that was, was that the year that Kyrie wasn't, Kyrie was out? No, no Kyrie was he, out. He yeah. dominated he every was the best. game. Yeah. I mean, yeah, but, I, but, I get but, it. But, Golden State was just, they had too much firepower. There was nothing yeah. you could do. But yeah. He showed me he was a complete player in those finals. He did not shrink from the moment. Right. It was nobody. Jordan couldn't have done that. You know what I mean? In my well, that, was crazy to, that was crazy to me, though, that whole finals, because I thought Steph got the MVP and, and Iguodala got it. And I understand that Iggy oh, changed okay. the, I believe, I know that Iggy changed up the game when they started that that guard lineup and it, it, it just left Mozgov off like he was just out of place. But you know, if you go back and look at Steph's numbers, Steph numbers was 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 there. Steph's a whole other conversation that I want to get on because I believe Steph's one of the <laughs> most rated guards to ever play in the NBA. Oh my goodness. You talk about me with LeBron and you did it. I'm a Steph Curry hater. You're a LeBron hater. I'm a Steph Curry hater. <laughs> what, Todd, what have you done? We we said we weren't doing shows like this. We were never doing shows like this. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know where that came from. John, why, why are you – I don't really want to go – you, know, you can't make that statement and not explain. Why, why are you a Steph Curry hater? Greatest shooter of all time. Okay. But – I, I just couldn't get past Ray the Allen's fact the that one series. I'm trying to remember when when they kept isolating him, 
And whoever he was on, they threw the ball to. Oh, yeah, and, all yeah. kept, and all I kept thinking was, this. at this point, some people were talking about him being the best player in the league and possibly surpassing LeBron, right? And all I kept thinking, I remember I was calling my boy on the phone and said, what best player ever did you see just get iso the whole entire game? Whoever he's on, let's run the second roll, get him on me, <laughs> go at him. And he couldn't do nothing. To me, I, I, I couldn't I couldn't get past that. I, I can't put him on Isaiah Thomas and all these guys when no. people are isolating you. You're a weak link on defense. I just couldn't do it. So I'm not taking nothing away from offensively, you know, but I'll give you that. That's fair. Chucky, what what do you think about that? I mean, I, I mean in, in comparison, and that's what's so hard when you compare players and you're saying mm-hmm. like who's the greatest, who's the, you know, even even saying who the MVP is. It's difficult right. because you can make a case for Giannis. You can make a case, I mean, for right. what I've been saying, you can make a case from Chris Paul. Like he's been literally right. killing everybody right now. And I, I don't even see how he's doing it. I mean, but you can make a case yeah. for so how, how do you properly evaluate someone if you're looking at the MVP conversation? Uh, for me, like, I, I'm going to go back to why uh, LeBron is so heavily scrutinized. It's probably because they were always com- always comparing him to Jordan. So I think that's why right. he's so heavily scrutinized. Um, now, going to the, the Steph Curry thing, you know, I, don't, I, I couldn't have him over Isaiah for the exact reason why you know, you never saw Isaiah Thomas getting isolated, you know, because Isaiah was Isaiah would bite you and, and get you to stop. So, he, you know, he was nasty. You know what I'm saying? So he, he's, nasty. he's a nasty little guy. You know what I'm saying? So literally uh, setting on Isaiah, and Isaiah, Isaiah would do something to where he would step his leg over your knee. And if you stayed there, your knee would buckle and you out of the game. So Isaiah was nasty. You know what I'm saying? So, um, I, as far as like, I don't, I don't, I think Seth Curry is probably overrated as a point guard to me because I don't think he's a point guard. I think he's a shooting guard or a combo guard. So I don't really put him in the the point guard category. And also the the game has changed a lot to where the point guards score more. So now you have you know you have scoring guards that can play the point. You know what I'm saying? So, but I don't I don't have him as a point guard, but. As far as evaluating guys, I mean, I, I really think it's hard. Like, when I watch the game today, I try to look at it and say, well, who could play back in the 90s? Who could, who could play in the, you know, the late 80s, early 90s? And, you know, I see guys, like, watching it yesterday, you know, I think Giannis could play. Um, I think he would have to improve his shooting because there was a lot, it was a lot harder to get to the basket uh, because of the hand and stuff. Um, I do think James Harden could play. I think that he would change his game. You know, he's got good size. Um, you know, I think he I think he could. I, of course, I think Russell Westbrook and uh, could play. Uh, and also, like Chris Paul, like like Etan said, like, you look at that team Chris Paul got, how are they winning? <laughs> like, I'm like, I look at them like, yo, how is he winning? You know, not, no disrespect to Steven Adams, but Steven Adams right. is a role player. You got uh, Hamadou Diallo, who's a young right. role player. Um, I mean, you just got a bunch of role players pretty much, and you got Chris Paul. So, and that shows the importance of a point guard, in my opinion. So, um, you know, I have to agree, you know, with what Eton said about him. You know, he could be up for the MVP because there's no way you thought Oklahoma City was going to be doing what they're doing, um, you know, at the beginning when that trade happened because the, the word was I wanted out of there. You know what I'm saying? And I believe he probably did. 
Chris Paul. But, but, when people compare and say that, you know, players from this age couldn't play or could play back right. in the days in the 80s and 90s, I mean, their entire games would be adjust, adjusted. Right. For one, right. doesn't mean James they couldn't do it, they just don't do it. Right. He wouldn't be able to right. do all of that into the lane all free like that. Oakland and Cass would have gave him one of them and that would have been it. You know what I mean? I mean, right. same with Giannis. I mean, it, it's it's – it's just a type of a game, so it's kind of hard to even make that comparison, don't you think? Well, well, Etan, right. when you say couldn't play, and, and, and Chuck, when you say couldn't play, they could play. Right. It's, it's would they be as dominant, right? right. James right. Hart would be a good would be a good player in, in any era. Would he be as dominant by, by like you saying, Etan, taking those those elbows? We know Steph Curry ain't taking them elbows, so let's just take him. Right. I mean, if he go in the lane, he. He playing against the Knicks. He's a different player back then. Right. Now, nobody's guarding him off the bounce, right? Nobody's stopping him right. from shooting, right? Because his three-point game is still going to be, you know, far beyond everybody else's. He's a better shooter than Reggie Miller. So I'm just, right. you know, going inside. But we, it's, it's relative when you're saying can't play or will they not be as dominant. You know what I'm saying? I think that's what it is. Will they, will they be at that same level and everything? So now i got to ask you, because that's been a question all the time. I'll go back to Rashid. Would you got LeBron back in the 80s and 90s. If that's, if you, do you think you would be a different LeBron? Do you think he would be as successful? Do you think that he would be able to adapt to, you know, the different – because I'm looking at him as, as my size, but he's playing the point guard. You know what I mean? And like yoked up and stuff like that. You besides Magic, did you see any six nine point guards back in the day? Like I, I don't, I don't see how you know. I hear a lot of people saying, "Well, it would be completely different if, if they played back in the day," and they just dismiss it. And I, I'm like, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if he could play in in that area in that mm-hmm. era because again, with the you saw what kind of abuse Mike took, and and Mike, Mike had game and all that, and you saw the kind of abuse that he took. You've seen the kind of abuse that, like you said, with the Pistons, the Knicks, like, they wasn't having that type of stuff, man. Like, they fouled hard. I mean, if you look at, like, take for instance, like, when Isaiah went to the hole on Carl Malone, and Carl gave him that elbow and split his stuff, like, wide open. Like, he didn't even get ejected out the game for that. You know what I'm saying? So, like, I I look at LeBron, and when you talk about that era, I think of that play where Draymond came across. Draymond didn't even tap that man like that. And and you swore a, a truck hit LeBron. And LeBron flopped off and, and get, you know what I'm saying? And then Draymond was like this, doing the little flopping thing. Like, Stop it, nah, man. Stop Come it. on, man. I, I don't know if that Hold man. Hold on, I want to tell John. I want to tell John, because just like John was talking about Steph don't play no defense, that's cool. But your man don't play no defense either. Cause he be ducking my man Kevin Durant like crazy. That man. Well, nobody, pe- nobody can guard Kevin Durant. I mean, not in the oh, history yeah, of that question. But but walking cookbook. Isolate LeBron. But but back but back to what you were saying. People, people tend to forget LeBron is six eight two sixty. Like so, just like you talking about Oakley or them guys following him, he could file you. You know what I'm saying? Now I'm not playing against LeBron, but I've been down on the court watching him warm up. And I I went down there and I said, you know, this is crazy. I was just watching him warm up and I said, he's bigger than I thought. Like he's <laughs> so just imagine him following somebody hard. So 
we tend to think, oh, it's only going to be them following LeBron. LeBron can hurt somebody out there, man. So I don't, I don't want to hear about that Mason Oakley stuff. Mason got rested. So, you know, these guys ain't following him. They, they might follow him like that, but he can dish out that punishment too, man. You know? I mean, oh, no, Oak was a goon. You've seen different errors. I know. You see you've seen the different errors. You know what I mean? Like, like talk to us. What because I'm looking a little bit more like what John said is I'm thinking that LeBron playing in a different era, he would play differently. So he wouldn't you wouldn't be doing all that flopping because nobody flopped. The only reason why they flop now is because the rest reward them for it. But before mm-hmm. nobody flopped. And the refs didn't reward him for it. You saw the different tapes where they, where they were rest would be telling you, man, get up from the ground. You ain't, ain't nobody hit you or something like that. That's how they was talking to the dudes. So it was totally different. So LeBron would have a totally different mindset, mind, mind frame, and he would be playing differently. That's what I see. Right. What, I mean, because he's more aggressive than, you know, a lot of the different people. Are you look at him as like, being that size, that strength, and everything like that, but playing like Magic Johnson, but being explosive like Mike, you know what I mean? That I would, I would think that'd be pretty dangerous. What, what you think, Chucky? Yeah, I, I agree with that. I think that, um, I think that he would definitely adjust his game. And like you see, sometimes when he drives to the basket, like he'll give somebody like that extra oomph that they don't yeah. like normally. Like today's game, they don't do. You know, and like he'll treat him like the, his little brother sometimes. So right. uh, I definitely agree with that. I, I think that he would adjust to to, uh, to the level of physicality. But I also think that like, uh, like you know, if he did play back in the day, you know, I, I'm not so sure like the nastiness is in him. You know what I'm saying? I, I don't think I, it's he's not. a nice guy. He's a nice guy. <laughs> um, you know, to, like I think Shaq is a nice guy. I don't think you know because Shaq could have hurt people back in the day. Oh no, but question. he never. You no, know, right. Shaq took some beatings. He took some beatings yeah. and never retaliated because he's a nice guy. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, uh, but, you know, as far as LeBron goes, I definitely agree that he would adjust his play to the level of physicality. And I think he could withstand the punishment that a lot of guys couldn't. All right, so let me – Well, he did – well, hold on. Ahead, Sha- ahead, Shaq man. did respond one time when he missed that swing at Brad Miller's head. He Brad did Miller. respond one time. Right. <laughs> and if he would have hit Brad Miller, Brad Miller might yeah. still be on the ground right now. Like, that dude, yeah. he was – when you, when, when Chucky said he was – because I had to go down there and bang with Shaq sometimes. Like, Shaq, if he wanted to, he could hurt – he could have hurt everybody that tried to guard him. Right. Everyone. That's yeah. right. He, he also said yeah. He also slammed Charles. I was there for that. I saw that live. He slammed yeah, Charles. Yeah, he did. Body slammed. <laughs> he did, but I don't think he was really trying to hurt Charles. Do you know no, what I mean? No, he wasn't. I think with Brad Miller, he was trying to hurt him with, with that swing. Like, yeah. if he would have connected, now that with, with Charles, they was wrestling, but he wasn't really, you know what I'm saying? Even no. when they was down. Because hey, if he really wanted to, his whole move would have been different. Hey, like, he was, you know what I'm saying? That was different. That's what I thought. After that game in the locker room, he asked everybody, he said, did he get me? Did Charles get me? Because Charles kind of picked him up. (laughs) 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 He was more worried about how he looked. He's like, did he 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 get me? Did he get me? He said, yeah, he got you. He got you. All right, so let me tell y'all before I let y'all know, who was y'all picked to win? So so just start off, tell me who your pick to win is why. Chucky, you ain't going to start. All right, uh, to win the whole yeah. thing, man. I think it's I, I think it's gonna be like a, a, a arbitrary team, but 
I'm just going to take the sexy pick right now. I'm going to say the Clippers. I do think the Clippers are getting in a groove now. So I think they started out looking a little sluggish, but I watched them yesterday, and they look like they got a little more fluidity to them. So uh, I'm going to take the Clippers. I'm going to take the sexy pick and go with the Clippers. Okay. All right, John, what you Lou, think? Lou Williams, finals MVP. And I'm going to go on a limb, man. I'm going to go out on a limb. And the reason I'm saying this is because home court advantage don't really matter now, right? Because it ain't right. I'm going to go Milwaukee, man. I, okay. I, I, I think, think they're hungry. I think they're very hungry. I, you know, I, I think Greek Freak, you know, he's he's looking like he, he, he tasted it last year a little bit, right? He hasn't right. gotten there. He wants it. And, and that dude, man, I, I I just love the way they playing, man. I, I, I'm going Milwaukee, man. I, for some reason, I'm, I'm, I'm having a feeling that this is the year for them. You know that's who that's who my son Malcolm. That's who we be watching videos of and stuff like that. That's his favorite player. So he's yeah. rooting for Giannis uh, oh. and Milwaukee to be able to win it as well. So yeah. I like them. they look good. You know, we'll, yeah. we'll see. I, I just saw how Toronto played defense and neutralized him last year. Right, like, that was yeah. amazing. Like that was just beautiful right. defense that you saw. And Kawhi, I mean. <laughs> You couldn't do anything. Like, it was right. Ain't no squad. Ain't no squad now. Can they do it again? Ain't no squad, right? I agree. I agree. But but Toronto looked good though. Toronto was ball moving somebody to death that other night, and I was just like, went all over the place. Like I was like, all right, so we're seeing. Can I just ask one question, Chucky? Where are you going? Oh, I'm taking my kids to lunch. When I seen him get in the car, I was like, what is Chucky about to do? What is, what is he? He's like, he's not driving. And I'm trying to look at it. Like, he got in the back seat, right? That's the back seat. And I'm just like, no, no. And I didn't want to interrupt. I didn't interrupt because, you know, the Steph Curry argument was so strong. That I was like, where's he going? Hey, well, see, I've been at the dealership for like four hours. Uh-huh. So I was right. supposed to go to lunch at noon. And like when Etan hit me, I was at the dealership. So yeah. I promised them lunch. So I, and I know they're hungry. So I oh. said, well, I got to go while we on the interview. Go. I got to go. You got to go. Oh, that's, all, that's hey. how we do it. Kids just roll with you. You know what I mean? Number one day. Well, number one day. And Chucky, well, quick, if you got to go, I have one question for the group. I have one question for the group. And that is what I've been so impressed with, and I say this about both the NBA and the NHL, is that when the games are going on, I don't think about COVID. I, I think about the sport and the sport, and I criticize because I, I want the playoffs to start. This regular season fluff is not doing it for me for the NBA, but not because of COVID. It's because you, you built your bubble. You, it's, a, it's a good bubble. Use it, and let's get going. And I love the idea that as teams get eliminated, the risk goes down because there's less less people. And I think that that's great. So this this regular season extension of the NBA, it's just not clicking with with me. Do you guys think this playoffs will have the same drama, the same the same intensity, the same lightning rod feeling? Because it's midsummer and it's weird. And Ernie Johnson, to his credit, you know, today's his birthday. And he said, in my entire career, I've never had basketball on my birthday. And just the idea that do you think this playoffs will have the same magic that recent years have had? Absolutely not. 
I, I, I mean, first of all, and, and let me say this, I was not a proponent of sports happening at all anyway, right? Now, I, I liken this to like uh, uh, some chicken wings, like, you know, you no, know, Lou you ain't Williams did that. Lou Williams did that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> not, not Chick, chicken, chicken wing Lou. Not those chicken. type of chicken wing, right? <laughs> it's like you're not supposed to have them, but once you start eating it, you're like, oh, these are great, right? So I wasn't a fan of sports starting, you know, but, but once it came on TV, I was like, man, the NBA, they're doing a tremendous job of making this feel like a real game. With that said, without fans and the intensity and the home court advantage and going back and forth and flying back and forth, I just can't see how you can still get that same feel. And I'm just I know that I know the guys are gonna play hard, but there's something about when you dunk on somebody, if you hit a big three and that crowd is there, you just don't have that. And I just don't I can't see how where that adrenaline will come from. Well, it's interesting because I I want to hear your other guys, but it's interesting because in the NHL, I don't sense that. In the NHL, I don't feel the loss of anything. I, I maybe it's because they're on real arenas. And the way they put these tarps, these custom-built tarps, they look like they belong. And the music and the noise and everything that's gone on, the NHL started didn't start with an extension of their regular season. They had a playoff. And right now they have six elimination games today. So they're kicking ass and taking names. Like, I don't care. I have no horse in the race. My team's not in it. But, my God, these, the intensity is there. And the NBA hasn't created that yet. But I think it's more because most of these teams are just playing to get their sea legs again. They're just getting going through the motions. Once you get to the playoffs, what I wonder is by the second round, will this start to be like, look, are more guys going to be tired of being in Orlando? Or are guys going to be like, okay, this is what we came here for. Let's get to it. I, I, I'm fascinated because in the hockey right now, it feels like every play is at the last minute, and the NBA doesn't feel that way. What, what do you think, Chucky? Yeah. <clears throat> don't crash. Please don't crash. Yeah. Oh, no, oh, you're asking. Okay. okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, okay. My, initially, initially, I would say, say – Hold on, Chuck. We lose you. We lose you service. We lose you with the internet. So, yeah, hold on one second. Let's go to Rasheed, though, because it's going in and out. Very Rasheed, what you think? Yeah, I don't – and I was – it's funny uh, that Seth asked this because I, I was just having this conversation the other day that it doesn't feel the same. It really doesn't. Like, even with me, I'm 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 seeing now where I'm at work and games are coming on. And it's like – It's crazy. Hey, it's like – it's 2 o'clock. Like, it's, it's why are there games on 2 o'clock? Right, right. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? So, it's like I'm – I'm used to those uh, 7.30 games and those 8 o'clock games and, and stuff like that. And it's like they just haven't it, – it just doesn't seem the same. You know what I mean? It's like – it's almost like it's going to be an asterisk next to this season because, you know, when you're doing all that work, when you're doing all that work in the regular season to get the number one seed, to get home court advantage, and now it's like all of that is pretty much going to waste because everybody's playing in the same – circle and like you said that that home court advantage and and your fans and all that that plays a major factor into that like it's crazy because i seen somebody the other day i forgot who it was they hit like a tough tough shot 
and they look to the audience, but it ain't nobody there. Because <laughs> that's what you used to doing. You know what I mean? So yeah, it's just it's a weird feeling, man. This it's just a very weird feeling. And I I was, you know, I'm with Etan when when and and you, John, that I didn't think that the season should have even happened, man. They should have just went ahead, cut it, you know, took the loss, you know, put the safety first and try to build on uh uh next season. Well, well, I definitely think that for college basketball and college football, of course, in high school. I think none of this should be thought of. It's the same thing for baseball. See, when we're watching a baseball game, I'm thinking about COVID. I'm like, like, those guys are too close to each other. And why did that guy high five? And that guy's spitting. And that's all my brain is processing. And I feel like the football is going to be the same way. But in basketball, and I'll give the NBA credit for this, my criticism of basketball is not the bubble. The bubble's been great. It's yeah, I just want the, right. the games to mean something. And I said to Atan earlier, before you guys came on, my criticism with the NBA has always been competitive balance. I want more good teams. I want more teams that go to the training camp and just go, we have a shot. I'm not saying they all have to be favorites. I just want a shot. Yeah. And I don't think the NBA has that. I don't think the NBA's ever had that. So, so what, what I, my point was, just to let y'all know, my counterpoint to that was you have teams like New Orleans that, yeah, they're not maybe in the playoff rounds but in a, in a run, but the games are exciting. You're trying to see what Zion's going to do, how Brandon Ingram and, and Lonzo Ball is going to mess. So the, so the ratings are still going to be high because it's still um, an exciting game, an exciting product, even though they're not in the playoff run. You know what I mean? So it's a little bit different. So he's, he's talking hockey. We're talking NBA. It's a little bit different. But overall, I will have to say – it looks a lot better than I thought it would look. Yeah. You know, when they first started with the video screen, I thought that was kind of weird, and the crowd noise is. is a, but now <laughs> it seems like it's kind of working a little bit better. I don't know yeah. if we're going to get used to it or what, but Chucky, we're going to give you the final word just on the presentation of, of the game. It's it, 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 it surpassed my expectation. Yeah, it, it surpassed my expectation. I didn't know what to expect at first. But once it starts, the only thing that I do have a problem with is sometimes the crowd noise drowns out the uh, the commentators. Yeah, that's my only everything else, everything else has been good. I, I mean, I, 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 you know, after I saw it, I, I think you, you might have seen my post each time. I said, mm-hmm. you know, the NBA has done a great job. I'm a proud NBA vet. You know what I'm saying? So I, I right. think they've done a great job with the presentation. That's what's up. That's what's up. Hey, well, look, I appreciate y'all coming on. I know it oh, kept you a little bit longer. And I, oh, go ahead, receive. Get the last hold one. Hold on, hold on, because I, I, I was, I was, I was picking the Clippers. Oh, okay, to, yeah, to yeah, win yeah, it all right. because you changed. They, they, they're um, because I don't think people understand this. They're at a full roster. They're ten and one, and they're playing like you said. They're getting their groove. They're getting their groove in. Doc is an excellent coach, and I think yeah. right now Doc is playing chess. With, with people that's playing checkers. So I, I really got, and I yeah. think people don't really, I don't think people give Kawhi enough credit. That man is a dog. That man is an animal. That man delivers. Yeah. And my last thing I want to say is, is that when Chucky said about LeBron being scrutinized, you know, being compared to Jordan, uh, I'm trying to figure out when did he pass Kobe Bryant? That's, <laughs> that's just my, that's just my thought. I'm just trying to figure out when did he pass Kobe Bryant? He might've right. passed him on a scoring list, but last time I checked, five and two in the finals to a three and six finals record, I can't put somebody over top of somebody like that. Right, right. 
All right, you can stamp that. All right, you guys are point. Fair enough. Got to bring some brevity to the conversation. I asked about COVID and then the bubble, and you went right. I feel you though. I feel you though, Hey, but appreciate y'all coming on. Hey, y'all stay safe throughout this whole process. You too, man. I know you moving around. You too. Y'all stay safe. You know, y'all good people. So you don't need to talk about that. Yeah, thank all you right. very much, guys. Nice meeting y'all, fellas. Nice right. meeting you both, all, all of you guys. Pre- appreciate it, fellas. All right, now. All right, bless. Bless. All right. He just want he's, he's staying. No, just, you get X out at the top. Uh, there you go. There we go. Nice. All right, cool. Nice job. Yeah, cool. Uh, and cool. to give the update, um, to give the update right now, San uh-huh. Antonio leads Utah 90 to 77, 245 left in the third. Okay. At four o'clock today, uh, Memphis takes on Oklahoma City. I, I personally I love this. That that part of it I love. I What's don't that? care which sport. I love that there's games on in the middle of the week. Middle of the week. In the middle of the day. <laughs> I love this. This is so <laughs> fun. Um it, 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 it's a it's a hoot. Uh it's crazy. And the baseball, they're playing all their games at night, except for Sundays. Because of the television, if you're not going to have crowds, you know, it's just television. Oh, okay, okay. They're doing it on television, but the bubbles they can't do that because they have one arena, so they do it. Do they're doing it, and I, you know, anyway, uh, some breaking news. Um, Ah, Syracuse's football players decided not to practice this afternoon over concerns about playing during the coronavirus pandemic. Just hours before the first session of preseason camp was slated to start at 4.15, the players elected to sit out and hold a series of team meetings, some of which included head coach Dino Babers and athletic director John Wildhack. Um, This is according to the Post standards. The, The source said the players were comfortable with Syracuse's rules, but they're worried about other ACC schools as well as non-conference opponent Liberty won't be as careful. Messages to SU Athletics were not returned. Again, this was good reporting. This is uh, our buddy um, Stephen Bailey. Stephen Bailey reported this. Um, What outlet? What outlet? uh, Post Standard, Syracuse.com. Yeah, uh, Stephen Bailey works with Donna and Mike and Brent and Mm -hmm. all those guys. Um, The Syracuse players' decision to sit out practice comes at a time when their peers nationwide are pushing for more stringent safety measures, group of players from the Pac-12, the group of players from the Big Ten, the ACC's coronavirus plan does not include as frequent testing as that of the SEC and Big Ten. For high-risk sports like football, players and those in contact with players, coaches, support staff, athletic trainers, will be tested each week. Each week? Each week. The test must be administered within three days of the game. <laughs> you can't do this. You can't. You can't do this. And the Syracuse no. players are right. Cause yes, right. More power to them. I mean, good for them. Good. Jeez. Uh, yeah. Oh, God. And Babers can't make them go out. Like You can't do it. Good for them. Good for them. That's great. <sighs> that was fun. Uh, great. That was a lot of fun like watching it. these guys yeah. get so animated about which guy is better from a different era. This is just such lowbrow sports talk. It's so no, that's, it's so that's funny. how it is. Though. Those are, that's the conversation, yeah. and it, it's it's just so it's funny to me because you know guys get so passionate about it. 
You know, it's the passionate part that always makes me laugh about it. I was like, man, how are we, how are you even can talk about that? Because it's like apples and oranges. Yeah. <laughs> that's great. It's it, it's absolutely insane. That's that's it's so Sit funny out. to watch these guys and they, they they don't care about that stuff. But I don't know. I stand by my point about this, this is regular season stuff, and it's it's all it's all fine. It's um it's great performances, but the fact is is the drama. I just want drama. If you give me some drama, I'll, I, I, the NBA does it wonderfully. And the presentation's been great. I don't mind the bubble. I wish there was paint on the court, you know, in the paint area. I wish that was colored. Oh, okay. Yeah, I've heard a couple people mention that, too. Make it black if you don't want to give it a color so you're not favoring no, one it. team. Make it black. Make it white. I don't, I don't care what you color it. There's something opposite of the regular uh, Make the it court. look like the court. Okay. Right. Make it look like the court. And they have these lights that they're superimposing the uh, the logos on. And I wish you could do that for the middle. So take the NBA logo out of the middle and put the home team logo in there. So, like, if it's a Laker home game, you put a Laker logo. You know, you, you could do it. it. You could totally do it. But I don't know. I don't know. I don't have a problem with that. All right. Um, we have 15 minutes to go. Cool. What did what you, you do, Atan, this week? That you hadn't done, even though I begged you to do it for five months. <laughs> I cut the cord. From... It was great. It felt liberating. Such a great <laughs> it felt like a weight has been lifted off it's my shoulders. Such a great it's feeling. Great. It, it, so, what did what cable service did you have? Uh, Verizon. You had FiOS or whatever that's called. Their their TV their TV service their TV service. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you have to bring the cable boxes back? I do. You They're going to send me the. Uh, They'll yeah. send you something to ship it back. Okay. Yep. Because in and in, I had Direct TV, and the 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 dish is still on my roof, and they don't care. <laughs> really? <laughs> it's really weird. It's yeah. Fun. No. 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 Now, Direct. I've had Direct TV a long time ago, and they don't care. Once I left from care. them, they just they just they didn't ask for it. Back. I, I wondered why. Like, y'all don't want this back? <laughs> I have, it's such a liberating thing. So how many TVs do you have in the house? Um, five. Five. How many Apple TVs do you have in the house? So they're all Apple TV compatible. So I have the little, the little um, Apple TV thing. But the thing about it is I have to get another one or maybe two more right. so everybody can everybody watch. can be on the same thing. Yeah. And then there's a function on Apple TV that you can sync all the ones on the same Wi-Fi network so that if you add an app to one, it adds it to all five, which is really mm-hmm. awesome. Well, wait, say that again. If you add an app to one, so it we have adds three, we have three Apple TVs. And if I add an app here in my room, right? If I download HBO max, hypothetically, mm-hmm. right? If you go upstairs, HBO max appears. Okay. I got it. They're all synced. It's a function in settings that they all sync. So whatever you do for one, you do for all of them. And I, that's my favorite thing in the world. Gotcha. Gotcha. It's the best. It's the absolute. Well, it's great. You know, I post, I posted it on social media and I told everybody that I cut the cord and the comment section was so funny. Like everybody go nuts, right? They go bananas. Yes. They're like, Oh, more power to you. I did it, you know, a, a year ago and I couldn't be happier. I saved all this money. Like everybody's just giving their stories and things like that. It was it was great. It's it was incredible. It, it's absolutely incredible. Uh, it's liberating. 
are you doing anything for live TV? So live TV is uh, a lot of people have recommended YouTube TV. I disagree. You disagree. Okay. So what is your recommendation? Hulu live. Hulu live. Cheaper. It's called Hulu live. So you have Hulu, you pay five ninety nine for Hulu, change it to, I think it's $54 now. Okay. And get Hulu live. And on the Hulu app, there'll be a live button and you go live and any show that you want that's live that Hulu doesn't have, Hulu right. will save. And it's and it merges with your Hulu stuff. And oh, that's it, cool. It's, it's brilliant. Yeah, that's Hulu. cool. And it's Hulu. cheaper. And it's cheaper than YouTube. It's cheap, it's cheaper than YouTube. And so YouTube to me is too cluttered because there's so much. There's that's so what everybody much. said. Every there's Tom, so much Dick, stuff. and Harry can make a make a YouTube. Not everybody has a Hulu. You know what I'm uh, saying? Like your shows true. on Hulu are the best. So if I go to Hulu. I can watch uh, American Dad, right? That's a cartoon. I can watch mm-hmm. American Dad, and then I can flip to the hockey game, and mm-hmm. then I can go watch uh, Mr. Robot, which I have two left, and um, and then I can go back and I can watch the Yankees or the NBA. Like I can flip all the all between, and then when you have a Hulu Live subscription, tell ESPN that you have a Hulu Live subscription. And it'll give you the ESPN app to air all the ESPN programming. Oh, okay. Because that's one thing that I was, because I was trying to look for, because my son, Malcolm, he's reading uh, the Fab Five book. And so after the book. Oh, now, is, that's different. Okay. Now, boy, wait, wait, wait. After, now after he finishes the book, I want to watch the documentary, sure. the ESPN 30 that's for 30. Different. That's different. Okay. okay. That's different. That's ESPN Plus. ESPN Plus is four ninety nine a month. I have Hulu Live and I connect my ESPN to Hulu Live, but I don't have ESPN Plus. You connect your to Hulu Live. Right. But you don't have ESPN so like Plus. So if I go to the ESPN app, right, if I go to the ESPN app, I can watch um, uh, SportsCenter and I can right. watch the Yankees-Red Sox game and I can watch the Utah-San Antonio game tonight. I'm, okay. I'm just throwing out. I'm spitballing. Right, 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 right. But if you. I wanted to watch the... Uh, thirty for thirty on, uh, the the Big East. That uh-huh. it'll say yeah, that's on ESPN Plus. In order to get ESPN Plus, click here. And I, oh, I personally don't do that. It's four ninety nine a month, and with Hulu Live, you can't bundle it because ESPN, oh. Hulu, and Disney Plus are all owned by the same people. There is a bundle to get Disney Plus, Hulu, uh, Hulu without Live, and and ESPN Plus. You can get all three for, I think, $12. It's a great oh. deal, but I like Hulu Live. Got you. And Hulu Live, for my wife, for example, she likes to just find something that's on. She right. can't. She doesn't think in terms of it's all apps. So she'll put a, that on, and FX is always showing some dirty dancing, pretty woman combination. <laughs> and, and it's on there. And, I'll, and I get upstairs, and my, what I say to my wife, and I'll go, we own these. We own these, and I can show you how on Apple TV you can play them unedited and without commercials. And she doesn't. Right. And she doesn't. She doesn't see it on the. Uh, yeah, I guess. And it drives me bananas. And it drives me. Bananas. It drives me bananas. It's like you have it, the DVDs of them. And I, one of my favorite apps is Vudu, V U D U, and okay. it links up with an account that you you set up a Vudu account or a Movies Anywhere account, and. 
the the idea that you could do you could do this is it takes all your Blu-rays that you buy. If you enter the codes when they you know when you get them, and so all my old uh, Blu-rays come in, and all my movies are on Vudu. So all my Marvel movies, all my DC movies, all my TV shows, because I get Warner Brothers sends me stuff all the time because of my podcast, and I'll okay. get Supergirl and I'll type in the code, and now I have Supergirl on Vudu. And one Christmas, one Christmas for four ninety nine, I have on Vudu every episode of the Chappelle Show. Oh, okay, I got you. for five bucks. I got the Chappelle Show. Like I have, and I own it. And then that is that's my go to these days. That's my total yeah. go to. I got you. That's cool. Yeah, it's it, it, cord cutting is literally the greatest thing in the world. Oh, that was great. I mean, because I was like, I was you know looking at the. Um, Amount of money that I'm spending on every and the thing is, I, I'm like, I don't even watch these channels. Like, I'm not even watching all of this. Like, I watch like maybe a few channels, and that's what I go to. The rest is Netflix or Hulu. Right. I'm like, why are we why are we spending all of this? Well, like, Amazon okay. Prime. Do you have the Amazon Prime app? Yeah. So, because I mean, I'm sure you have Prime. Mm-hmm. That has some of the that that has Maisel. That has uh, Upload, which by yeah. the way, you have to watch. Have you seen Upload yet? Mm-mm. Upload is so good. Uh, is good. Paramore Josh wants to know, do you think you could beat a ton in an arm wrestle? No. An arm wrestle? <laughs> Guy played 10 years in the NBA. No. Where did that, that question come from? <laughs> just asked. He asked, hey, I, I, I give the people what they want. I got uh, you. I give the people what they want. Have you seen Have you seen um, Over the Top with Sylvester Stallone when Old he went? Movie? Yeah, 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 yeah. Very good movie. Oh, I, the, I thought that was a cord cutting thing. I was like, what? Hmm? Hmm? No, Over the Top. Yeah, those is, those is great. Yeah, I have uh, finales to watch. I have uh, the last two of Thirteen Reasons. Oh, it's Thirteen Reasons was good. It was very good. It's very I couldn't good. put it down. I don't know he, how you. He goes bananas in the school oh, yeah. after they have that yeah. drill. What kind yeah. of school has that drill? All of them are having it though. That's the thing. That that They're showing things that act that are actually. But one school doesn't have all of them. In high schools and especially in places where they've had where they've had mass shootings. Also, all in the cities where they've had mass shootings, oh, like the whole school crazy. district has started implementing those type of things. Oh, Just what they God. showed. Like, you know like how they they didn't tell anybody that it was a drill, and he oh, was like, God, you know, teachers? he just. On it. I thought that was great. Oh, I thought I was glad that they showed great. that. Yeah, no, yeah. I, I, it's a, it shows great. great. And then Clay goes bananas. Clay goes yeah, absolutely bananas. Why? Well, yeah, wow. but I that show the season one is still the best of thirteen reasons. Season one. Well, yeah, of course. I mean, of course. And that girl is so brilliant. The the girl who plays Hannah. Mm. It's very funny. We were just talking because I finished the uh, Umbrella Academy. I had to binge watch something. I didn't even tell you this. So my mm-hmm. podcast for Hall of Justice, I was offered up a cast member of the Umbrella Academy. The Umbrella Academy is great. You would love Umbrella Academy. And okay. the Umbrella Academy season two just came out. But the, co- the contingency was, if I'm going to interview her, I can only interview her if I've seen it. Because we can't talk about it without the plot. You have to include the plot in the podcast. So, okay. and I haven't binge watched anything. I didn't binge watch Ozark. I didn't, but I had to binge watch Umbrella Academy and I watched 10 episodes in three days. <laughs> mm. 
and it was my project. It was it was my pro, and it's great. It's great. But the person who plays the mom in Thirteen Reasons, Hannah's mom. Okay. She, Kate Walsh. She mm-hmm. is in Umbrella Academy, and we were talking about her, and they were saying how that's her idol. And, you know, the, the actress was saying, like, I met I worked with Kate Walsh and that was amazing. Like she's saying all these nice things about Kate Walsh. And I mm-hmm. just go, I just go. Yeah, but Kate Walsh was in 13 Reasons. And I go, that's the best acting she's ever done in her life. Yeah. It's, like, yeah. I mean, she's been in a lot of stuff, though. She was Wait, in Grey's that, Anatomy and she was Grey's in Anatomy, private. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I know she was in a lot of stuff. stuff. That role. Hannah's mom is the greatest when she comes into the bathroom. Oh uh, yeah. God. Yeah. That's an actor. Yeah. That's no, not that was real. Good. Yeah, that was good. Oh my god, it, it it exceeded everything. Like I'm not taking the credit away from the writers, the directors or any of that well, nonsense. No, it, was it was good stuff. Oh, it was so good. It was uh, good so stuff. I have that. I have the last two episodes of Mr. Robot. I haven't started that, but I've seen it. That's uh yeah, it's pretty good. It, I I'm a computer nerd, so it's all tech. Oh. He's a hacker. Yeah. We're still we're still watching. I think we just started season seven of The Walking Dead. Oh my god, that's an undertaking. I mean, we are. So I start. I started the. Um, we also started Twenty Four. Oh, another one with a hundred some of the episodes. Oh my gosh, there's so going, many. You're not going anywhere. Well, I, was like, I was like, look, Malcolm, money. I'm tired. I have to go to to sleep. I don't want to. I don't care what happens next. I, Jack Bauer is gonna be all right. He gonna figure it out. I gotta go to sleep. My favorite, uh, my favorite uh, twenty four story is uh, the late great Daryl Hamilton. Um, uh, we had to fly in two thousand and six. We had to go to Japan. Okay. We called the play by play of the one the the Japanese round of the World Baseball Classic, and so he okay. and I are on this plane to Japan. So he flew from Houston to Newark. We get on the same plane. We're sitting. We have our row. And he bought season four, whatever 2006 was, whatever season of 24, he bought the DVD. And it's literally a 12-hour flight from New York to Tokyo. And he watched first half of the season on the flight going and the second half of the season. And he watched the finale as we're touching down in Newark to get back from Japan. I couldn't believe for 12 hours he watched 24. I couldn't. I mean, but it's it's literally that's how it grabs you though. Like you can't put it down. You're like, "Oh, and the way it's brilliant set up writing everything cuz that's how it's like you're on your edge of the sheet." He said, and you got to keep watching it for the next one cuz you got to see what happens. He said, "I'm watching this in real time. I'm watching it in 24 hours." Yeah. And I that was that was bonkers. That was bonkers. All right, we're going to do some really fun things. Um, we're going to have a new look on Monday. We're going to have yeah. a new – it's, it's going to look different. I don't know how it's going to look. Right. What do you think about the idea? What do you think about the idea of when I'm talking, it's me, and when you're talking, it's you? I'm not that big on it, though. You don't like I, that part. You I, like the side-by-side. Really. Side. Okay. I, I think it's just because we're used to it, and I know that that's the way the other platform does it, but it, it might work. Let's – We'll try it. You know what I mean? But I I like it. I like it when I do the Sports Illustrated ones because then you can put graphics up against the guests, like for Hugh Douglas or whomever. Oh, okay. And also, when I ask them a question, I don't have to do anything. 
Like I can read my next question. I can, you know what I mean? I'm not staring You're there. You're not on camera. Right, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh-huh. And then what? I hate uh-huh. it. I, I, that's so fake. It's so <laughs> fake. It's so stupid. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, oh, I want to give a shout out. They had two races since we discussed this. Uh, I am not a racing person. I have said okay. on this show, I don't know anything about racing. I don't care about racing. But there's one race that I follow very very closely and i've covered it in person and i've been to six races and it's amazing and it's called formula e formula e is a european model and it's created by the people who created formula one the difference is the cars are all electric and the the strategy is not so much about the driver the driver is important but not as important as the team because the team has to monitor how much energy is being expended doing whatever you're trying to do in the race. And the key is to make sure your battery charge goes the entire race. Okay. And it's fascinating. And in two years ago, in 2018, I went to Paris, France for a race. In 2019, I went to Mexico City for a race. I went to Italy for a race. And Uh I've been to the two New York races. Okay. And I know all the people there, and I know the drivers, and they've been on my podcast. And Sir Richard Branson was on my podcast because of Formula E. And okay. I, love, I love the sport. So, so COVID hit them just like anything. And they, even though they have good backing, they're a startup. It's a, it's, this is season six. You know, okay. like they don't have a lot. What mm-hmm. they did, and it's so smart, so smart. In Berlin, Germany... Mm-hmm. There's an airport. And next to the airport, there's a massive field. Now, Formula E normally takes over city streets. Okay. They call it street racing. So they'll uh-huh. block off streets, and you'll have to steer around in, in an actual downtown. And watching that in downtown Italy was one of the coolest things I'd ever seen. Because I'm mm-hmm. in downtown Italy watching these guys maneuver, and they're all electric cars. And for those of you who have stuck with me, all I can say is they all look... Um, the cars sound like Night Rider. That's mm. the best way to describe it. Like, like it, it's it's awesome. Okay. So Berlin, Germany has a giant, and when I say giant field for runways and for 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 transports and all kinds of things, and what they did was they they rented that land for ten days. Okay. They have six races to go. They did six races. It's a 12-race season. They have six races to go. And what they created was a bubble. Where what they did was they took that field and they made it the track. Okay. every two races, they're changing the track so it's not the same thing every time. And they're doing six races in nine days. And they're going to finish their season. And the, and the time zone, the way the time, uh, the time difference is, their races are uh-huh. at 1 o'clock in the afternoon. It wasn't today. It was yesterday and the day before. They're ra- and they're aired na- um, in America on Fox Sports 1, usually on delay. They're very big on YouTube, and Formula E has a very high uh, technology and cord cutting, and it's, all, it's very high tech. And I covered uh-huh. them for Forbes, and I, like I said, I'd done a bunch of podcasts for them. And... I know all the people at Formula E, and I'm rooting for them. And so far, it looks perfect. There are no fans. There's nobody there. And what the German government said is, 
you're not in Germany. You're at the airport. You haven't even left. You're not. It doesn't matter where you are. You're not in the place. So that's the same analogy as Disney World. It's the Mm. same concept. And it's in. And I watch the two races and I'm kudos to them. Bravo. They've done a great job. Really cool people. And I love it because they all come from different places. So Mm -hmm. they, they come from. Uh, Italy, nobody's American, which I love. <laughs> I love that nobody, there's British, there's French, there's Italian, guys from Brazil. Uh, Luca de Grassi was one of my guys I talked to, uh, Luca de Grassi. And, uh, and then there's Sam Bird. Sam Bird comes to you and he talks like this. And I love talking to these guys because they're so fun. And when I went out in Italy, I went out to dinner. I was the only American at this dinner. And it was just five guys hanging out. And I was with two Parisians, one Italian, one Brit, and uh-huh. the five of us went out. And I was the only American. And it was so fun. And it, they're so nice. And they're such cool people. And for somebody who is very open-minded in terms of, I don't mind what religion you have and what race you are, I, I don't care. And to see all these different backgrounds coming together uh-huh. in a melting pot of a sport, and the goal of each team is to design a battery that can go the distance to win a cockamamie race. And in reality, those batteries are going to save our planet. Mm. Because that's, if Nissan wins, that's great. Because now put that battery in every car. And that's the thing. And so I I wrote a story called Formula E, the only sport that can actually change the world. That's good stuff. And the head of Formula E found it. And they had two races. So they have two races, one tomorrow. Not, not today. So they had Wednesday, Thursday. They have tomorrow and Sunday. And the races are only an hour. And so for people in there um, with no attention spans, this is a perfect sport. It's, it's, an okay. hour. it's an hour. You watch it for an hour. And the play-by-play guy is this guy, Jack Nichols. And he's from British. Uh, he's from British. He's from England. And yeah, you know what I mean. And he's a great dude. And I'm trying to get uh, Jack Nichols on here to check oh, in great. from Berlin to That'd see what it would be like. So, yeah, next week I'm going to try to do um, – yeah, we're going to try to get Jack Nichols. He is the man. And like I said, they're such nice people. That's great. Yeah. Anyway. That's, that's real good. That's good stuff, man. Cool, bud. All right. We'll see you on Monday. All right. Sounds good.